been like eight months since we've done one of these. We've been busy, but it's a good thing. Uh, this week on Rock Talk, if you guys do not know him, you are, what are you doing? This is Cloud Fuel. Blake, I'm so happy that you are taking the time out of your wonderful day. I hope it's been wonderful to join me here. Uh, if you guys do not know Cloudfield, Cloudfield is pretty much what started the Rocket League esports scene and is now the esports program lead over at Twitch. Blake, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, man. Doing well. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've got a lot of stuff to cover today before we get into any of that kind of stuff. You want to tell these guys kind of what you've been up to, what uh, what's new in the life, any, any fun stuff you want to promote real quick before we get into anything? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um... You know, previously I uh, was working with uh, with Psyonix on the RLCS, managing uh, league and player operations for that. Um, they've kind of pivoted, moved to things internal, so that's uh, opened the door for me to start working on some some new projects. Um, so, uh, recently started up the Rocket League esports subreddit uh, with a great team of people um, that came from the RLCS news subreddit. So that's been uh, you know going really well. And then on the Twitch side of things. Um, can't say too much, but I do have some projects that I've been working on. I've been doing some research on uh, some games that are well-known and well-loved by many and uh, very close to being able to announce something official with that hopefully soon. Where is the best place to see those announcements when they do happen? Uh, that'll be my Twitter. Okay. Um, I'm always tweeting, retweeting, promoting whatever I can do to help not only the Rocket League scene, but any other eSport or game that I have interest in, which at this point, I can't even really keep track because it seems like every game that's coming right. out is exciting in some capacity. So That's what I do nowadays. If you guys don't know, right underneath his icon and in his picture, it has his Twitter, at Cloudfield. Go follow him. Make sure you uh, show some love there. Uh, but great way to kind of start it off. You talked about how this uh, Rocket League Esports new subreddit kind of came to be. Do you want to talk to us about that? Like what the kind of plan was for that or um, the reasoning behind separating it from the major Rocket League subreddit? Yeah, so I mean, this is this is something that's been in the works for quite some time. Um, I, I was added as a moderator for the, the main subreddit uh, back pretty much when it first debuted in 2015. And, um, you know, with with that subreddit there's there's a balance that has to be kept between trying to cater to the casual audience the audience that you know likes to promote the gifs and the plays and all that sort of stuff um, but also trying to elevate and promote esports and, and try to cultivate that that community and it's been difficult um, just with the the sheer amount of people that are you know kind of kept within that that casual group uh it, it's really hard for esports to, to kind of break out of its shell um and so i've just seen over the past two years or so that it's been really difficult to to get anything to trend uh besides like rlcs competitions or other major events right. and and i've talked to a lot of people and it seemed like you know there was just this lack of um just a single place where people could go to to find out the latest news and have discussions about things relating to Rocket League esports. So it made sense to me that that needed to be created. Um, somebody yeah, had mean, already somebody had already taken the uh, the Rocket League esports subreddit idea, but they weren't doing anything with it. So I had to wait seven months to get uh, the Reddit like the official Reddit mods right. to give me access to it. Uh, so that took a little while. And then once I did that. Um, there was a team over at RLCS News that was kind of starting the same sort of project. So I reached out to them 
and said, hey, why don't we work together and see if we can make this thing, you know, the, the one-stop shop for everything Rocket League Esports related. And that's basically what we did. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. And I, I mean, even that same thing. So I remember in the past, like just putting a post on, you know, previous podcasts or even stuff like this, you know, where it's just a tweet linking to, hey, this is gonna be done on Friday. Hopefully you guys show up and appreciate it if you do. And it's like, you do that on the old subreddits and the old one, that, which is overwhelming gifts and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, they just get suffocated. And it's like, okay, you get like three, four upvotes here. And there's a couple people that are really interested to it. Um, and even though it doesn't have as much exposure, I like the fact that it is put into one place for everything. Like it's the only subreddit I use Rocket League related now, in all honesty, because for me, it's like, my majority of my interests are in the esports side it's what i do so having that all like seeing constant articles like the one from mike rules that just came out has a hundred upvotes already and it's like normally an article with someone about a conversation with someone like mike rules even though he hasn't been playing the competitive scene we just get you know maybe one or two and that'd be it um it's it's fantastic to see that stuff at the top and also shout out to mike happy birthday buddy it is your birthday today i totally forgot about that um yeah, I mean, it's fantastic seeing it all in one place uh, where it's like-minded people discussing the same thing. Uh, you don't have to dig for it. I think that's the best part is it's it's always at the top. It's always, rele it's always relevant. I love seeing so many people speculate, you know, Timmy changed his Twitter banner. He's got to be playing for a new team, right? Like that right. stuff, it's, it's just conversation that gets going that's organic, and I, I absolutely love it. So. Um, yeah. I think it's a good thing. I know James talked a lot about how it doesn't have the same reach and it's kind of in a different perspective. And um, I understand his reasoning, but at the same time, it's like after so long, it's been one of those situations where it's like, you know what, something needed to be done and this is a good way of doing it, I guess. And it, and it works out. I, I mean, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think he raises some good points. In an yeah. ideal world, I would absolutely want this to be a part of the main subreddit uh, just mm -hmm. for the sheer fact that we have 300 to 400,000 people over there versus 4,000 here. Right. Uh, so the potential of reaching new people and bringing them into to our community um, is so much higher over there. But yeah. I mean, with, it's not saying you can't make, it's, you can't make, it's not like you can't make esports related posts on the other one either. You know, like true. I assume there's and that's still going to be, I yeah, assume we, there's still going to be, you know, the ability to, Post. I mean, as you see that all the time, like really popular posts are get posted on our videos, our all, our this, our that. Like they're posted like six, seven times to different subreddits and that's how they get as many views as they do. I don't see that. It's just another avenue, I think. It's just, it's a one-stop shop. Like you know exactly that it's gonna yeah. be there, which is great. Yeah, the, the idea was to have all of the major posts that traditionally had a lot of success on the main subreddit, they still live there. Right. So, you know, RLCS, League Play, DreamHack, Leipzig, stuff like that. That's still going to be over on the main subreddit. It's it's the things like you mentioned, the article about Mike Rules or discussions about Timmy's latest post or his latest uh, uh, change to his Twitter. What does that mean? That kind of right. stuff would never have had any kind of success on the main subreddit. So I think this allows the conversation to blossom and, and to connect people that maybe weren't previously connected. And hopefully as this grows it'll generate interest on the main subreddit and hopefully they'll work in tandem with each other. Right. And maybe one day we'll get to a point to where we can design the main subreddit in such a way that, you know, it, it can be linked or it can be all a part of it and it works well. Right now, I, I think that the design doesn't lend itself to uh, working for a lot of people. And uh, from what I've seen, uh, there's a lot of limitations for users that use mobile. And I'm sure there's yeah. probably a lot of those. So I think for now, this is probably the best route to go uh, but I certainly understand where James and some other people are coming from. Ideally, we want to get to a point to where it's all interconnected. Um, so yeah, I mean, for now, let's I say let's promote this and like try to 
drive as much attention to this as possible, help build up that user base. And then, you know, whenever the main stuff, um, whenever the big stuff happens on the main subreddit, make sure we upvote that as well. So it's a little bit of extra work for us, but I think in the end is worth it. Yeah, which doesn't hurt. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be against trying something, you know, as long as the effort's there, it shouldn't be a bad idea. But um, I mean, talk about things that have been really popular on top of the subreddit. Uh, tournament beta just came out. I know you just got done playing in a tournament. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, on Steam, it was originally from the 21st until the 23rd. They extended it till Monday, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so you get even more time to play in it. But basically what's happened is you can go into your Steam, you can download a beta client. It's about a 3.5 gig update. And it allows you to play in the tournament client that they're trying to put in on the roadmap. I think they said sometime like spring, like April, May, something like that. Uh, basically it allows people to create tournaments, which I've absolutely loved for streaming and stuff where I can just create a tournament for my community. I don't have to put in a challenge bracket. I don't have to have people manually sign up. It does it, it's all automated, it's all ready to go. And you can do anything from crazy rumble mutator 1v1s to like you just did, you said like a 2v2 10 minute best of one, like ridiculous stuff. I mean, there's there's so many options that you can make. And it, it brings this unique excitement. Um, there has been some bugs, but that's because it is a beta. But overall, I mean, what are your thoughts, Cloud? I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. This is something that, that I and many people have been asking for since day one. Like the first yeah. thing that I, I wanted when I started, so like, I don't know how many people know this, but when I started in Rocket League, I was playing um, in the beta back in 2015. Jealous. And I loved it so much that I, I took the next like two days of work off. I just couldn't stop playing it. And the first thing I wanted to do was was run tournaments. I'm like, this is the perfect sports game. Like coming from the sports world where I played Madden and you know all those sort of like pseudo simulation right. sports right. type games, Rocket League was the first game that I ever felt like I really had control over everything that I was doing. So tournaments and Rocket League go hand in hand to me. Like it mm-hmm. just makes perfect sense. And you know, it's something that I, I'm sure a lot of people have been wanting for the last two plus years. So for them to now have it and and for it to run as smoothly as it's ran, like I'm really, really impressed with the system they've put in place. Uh, it feels very, I mean, there, there's bugs obviously, but yeah. like you could tell that there's a lot of work that's been put into it. Oh, it's, um, it's super intuitive. They, like, yeah, I mean, it's from, just, it just, it flows really seamlessly. And, and I think that's great. Cause I think that this is going to be something that's sort of ca- catered more towards the casual audience. Right. And I think is hopefully, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of Cyanix, but my guess here is that this is meant to help drive people from, okay, I play ranked, you know, I play casual, what else do I have? They don't know about communities because all they're doing is playing in game. Right. They don't know about Smash GG or Challenge or tournaments or any of these other websites out there where you can find these communities and play in tournaments. If you put it right in the game, this is an opportunity for groups like, you know, Shift Pro League, ML Doubles, Rival Esports, whoever's out there, to run tournaments within the community within the game, hook casual people that didn't even know that they wanted to do tournaments. Now they're doing tournaments on a weekly basis and eventually grow their their larger communities where they're doing the weekly tournaments for prize pools and things of that nature. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a domino effect. I mean, you look at how we were just talking about the East, uh, the subreddit, you know, it may become a domino effect where it just breeds more into the other one. And you see that same kind of confidence where like when the esports is live button came out, viewership instantly skyrocketed just because there was so many people that are still underwear of it. The amount of times I get asked what's an RLCS analyst, in game is still baffling to me because there's just so many people that don't pay attention to the competitive scene right like it's just something that doesn't have that exposure yet even to this time when it's been two years of us doing it so 
having something like that that may breed that competitive side to you and it's so easy to do and maybe you know they take that to the further cent i mean the original purpose was for them to put uh items or what have you attached to it so i'm i'm hoping for stuff like okay every every friday at 5 p.m central there's a psionics tournament that you can sign up for and if your team wins you get like 10 decryptors or something second place gets five or you know just these little things that they can implement that just make the community driven because they always were afraid of segregation they don't want to put in a you have to score five goals this time of your play session and this week in order to get a decryptor or something because that's going to then force more ball chasing people are going to play a certain style and they want to avoid that they don't want to force people to play a way they don't want to it's the issue i have with games like hearthstone where it's like you need to play a support deck you need to play an assassin like all that kind of stuff it's just like, i don't want to do that don't make me do that just let me play the game and reward me for it and if they can apply that in a tournament sense where it's a controlled environment you know you can pick what you want to play you don't have to play against people that are too difficult or too easy or you know what have you it gives a lot of options and i absolutely fantastic on what they're doing with it i hope that um, as they get more time and experience with it more features come through but for what it is right now it runs smooth you can definitely tell like you said they put a ton of work into it and the thing i enjoy the most is just the ease of use of seeing okay i'm waiting in the lobby or i'm you know just playing and training because that's all i can do right now when i'm not playing in the tournament and i still see on the top right every 30 seconds a score update with the match i'm waiting on yep stuff like that is fantastic that's such a little feature that i'm sure a ton of work went into and i like i appreciate it i love the fact that uh the scoreboard is transparent and condensed and super clean when the games start that animation with the team names and the scores and all that kind of stuff is fantastic the notifications up at the top for the the series score is super subtle with the little ticks between orange and blue like little small details that i really appreciate aesthetically that make a huge difference for watching that and i i think it's fantastic um they did yeah, a wonderful job for a beta it's it's great yeah, I mean, Sonics gets a lot of crap from people because they will, you know, they, they're kind of notorious for being quote-unquote slow with updates and with releases. But you got to give them credit because every time they come out with an update, I'm not talking about a patch or like a new reg season, I'm talking about a legit update, mm -hmm. it's always badass. They always yep. go the extra mile. They always really think about, you know, it's, it, like you said, it's it's the little aesthetics. It's the little touches that are like, man, I didn't even think about that, but that's really nice to be able to see the updates on the other games. Um, you know, there's obviously things they can do to, to make it better, but, you know, just considering that it's a beta, I would imagine that we're going to get even more once it actually comes out live. And I think they said uh, that's going to be in the March-April update, yeah. the, the spring update. Yep. Um, but just seeing all the stuff they've added already with, with the beta um, for tournaments specifically, but then even the stuff outside of it, like the advanced color palette. I, yep. I'm still in love with that. Oh, there's um, a couple little teasers in there if you look. Yeah. Um, for anybody who is in chat, and I'll post this link as well for YouTube because this will get exported to YouTube. I did like a four and a half minute video just going over very quickly some of the things that are in their color palettes, different camera settings, the ability to change like different music styles, like all that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's a bunch of little tiny little sneak peek things that they threw in there of other things that they are working on. Uh, the big one for me is, you know, bandwidth privileges and, and the ability to work on, you know, server stuff. I mean, you see it even in game where I was playing a game against two other people and this guy had like 60 ping and it was in the yellow and it was like flashing with an exclamation point to be like, yeah, you know what? You might want to be careful. Like there's some, you're, you're, your ping isn't as good as it could be you know you may want to dedicate a little bit more bandwidth you know whatever it is but it's like you can tell yeah. it is a focus they are trying to do something about it and that's 
all we can ask for, you know? Like, Sonics has never really yeah. disappointed us in the sense of when they say they have their minds to it, they usually put their minds to it and make it work. So um, I'm yeah. ecstatic about what they're trying to do. I really am. Yeah, I think a lot of times they, they take time to make sure they're doing things the right way instead of the fastest way possible. Oh. And, and you know, as a community that just wants things, and I get it, right. like we all want things as quickly as possible, but, you know, sometimes it's better for them to take their time and make sure that this is something that's going to work in the long run. So, yeah, I, I appreciate this. I appreciate all the little things they're adding to it. And I, I can't wait for it to be, you know, in the game officially because I feel like, you know, when I play casual, I play ranked. You know, mm -hmm. there's a certain level of, like, I guess sweatiness. Like I'm trying, you know. Right. To a certain degree but it's not the same as when it, i'm playing like it goes back tournament. to that carefree fun you know like yeah, yeah there's a but competitive this gives side it that to it, extra but... element to where you're, you're still carefree but you have that you know for those of us that like i play in ml doubles you know right. I, I have competitions each week and you know i get super nervous when i'm playing those games because they matter a lot mm -hmm. um having this tournament mode is a nice kind of blend between playing in like you know nexus tournaments or something like that and having you know ranked it's it's like a way for you to kind of gear yourself towards that and I, I can't wait to see what streamers like i mean you lawler i'm sure you're gonna do no, a ton it. of stuff with your subs and, and your community it's yep. it's gonna be so easy for you to do it you don't have to worry about smash you don't have to i mean no diss to smash smash is great and you could do a ton it's of just, it's stuff just an there. extra step and i don't want to do it's that. so much simpler yeah yep. yeah it's so much easier it's just like here's the information here's the password the only people who are gonna know the password the people that are currently in my chat and it's right. like just go and sign up you know you're pretty much guaranteed a spot and based upon the amount of styles it's like we can easily cater to it and i the thing i like the most is if you if you play in a tournament like nexus or whatever it's at a specific time you have to be there and when you lose you're done right and in right. tournaments mode there's just another tournament waiting for you and if there isn't make one and i'm sure someone will find it and join in and that's fantastic like it gets rid of the whole like oh crap we're knocked out now what do we do well let's just play another one okay and then you just do it again so it it, it feeds that craving really really well yeah, I mean it's it's still in beta. I made uh I made a tournament at like four o'clock this morning. I was playing with Azrin, and we made a a tournament like super early in the morning, and it was like a wacky, speedy sort of drop shot mode, right. and people signed up, and it's it's in beta, and it's only for Steam. Like, imagine how I don't know. I just feel like this thing is going to be super popular once it's yeah. it's out for all the different consoles, and it's you know everybody's a part of it, and it becomes like a regular thing. I really think this is going to be one of the biggest updates that Sonic has had to date. Yeah, I know there's people that show concerns in chat too. They're worried about tournament mode and community, like Nexus Gaming having unofficial tournaments made by different players. You know, there's always going to be spoofing out there and stuff. But it's the same thing as people who get. Um, get I mean, you spammed. could do that already. Yeah, you could go to Smash and be like, "Hey, I'm Nexus, whatever Nexus right. Gaming or whatever their their actual name is." You could do that. I'm. I wouldn't be surprised though if Psionics like this is a. There's, here's the potential for Psionics. They have an opportunity here to say, "Hey." We recognize organizations like Rival Esports, right. uh, Nexus, Rocket League Central, whoever else is out there, and maybe they get like a star or something that like denotes something specific that people. Makes it the official, you know, what have you or something. Right. You know, and it's a way for them to or... kind of get recognized and and to be able to run events that are maybe a little bit more on the official side of things. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you know they'll have to have some sort of legal agreements or something. But you know, there's an opportunity for that, and I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those situations. Like it's the same thing as getting scammed. Be smart, read the details. You know, just make sure you you take into stuff into account. You know, it is the internet. Stuff happens. Just be right. careful. You know, watch over yourself. So, good stuff all around. But uh, before we keep talking about the beta, because I know you and I pretty much want to go play it again. 
Uh, <laughs> we're going to move along into community tournament guidelines. This is something that just came out recently. We're going to touch on this real quick because there's not too much to really say about it other than the fact of that it's it exists. Uh, for those that don't know, link is down below as well as in chat. But the same premises of what they've done is they've created guidelines in regards to people who want to create tournaments in the community, whether it be a land event like Texas RL or the Midwest land in Chicago that they do in Madison, all that kind of stuff. But they basically created a one-stop shop for anybody who has very basic questions about, okay, what things can I, can I not do? What kind of things should I follow up with? And it answers a lot of questions to make it really easy for those that are looking to do it. Here's all the information you really need. Here's the guidelines that we have set in place. If you have any additional questions, message us. Makes it really simple, sums it up pretty well. Any pros and cons do you think of it, Cloud Fuel? You have a lot more yeah. that you can say on it than I can. Yeah, I mean, this is something that you know has, has been in the works for a while. Um, and 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 having conversations with, with Psyonix um, and, and just seeing like what they put, like Corey put out a blog post kind of detailing it a little bit. Um, I think at first glance, people see the the guidelines and think, "Oh man, this is this is pretty strict," um, and it is to a certain degree. Um, but you've got to consider the fact that you know this is meant to cover the vast majority of events that are out there. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be a catch-all. It's not meant to be this is all you can do and that's it. This is meant to be like, hey, instead of emailing us for the millionth time asking if you can run a simple 1v1 tournament for like 100 bucks, just go do it. Here's your guidelines. As long as you fall within these guidelines, you're free to do whatever you want. Have fun. But if you don't, you know, if you want to do something like a gold rush or a 12 Titans or like something off the wall, just email us. And that's something that people have wanted for a long time is to be able to have a way to directly talk to Josh or Scheist or or Corey or whoever that's running right. things behind the scenes. Now you've got that. Like this is to me, this is this is the logical step for things to go. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll see how things go for organizations that that do email them and ask for sort of off the wall events or more creative events. If those start getting shut down, then I think maybe we have a concern. But right. I don't think that's the case. And in conversations I've had with them in the past, they're all about promoting community events and 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 really more so than anything, protecting players. And I think that that this does that. It keeps organizations that might have devious interests that might take advantage of players, it keeps them out, or at least makes it very clear that it's not going to be tolerated. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, Sonics has always wanted to have their hands in everything from no, no matter what we do. Um, my only concern is it, to me, can fester creativity. You know, obviously they want to be involved in certain things. And I remember doing stuff like Northern Arena where they contact us to make sure that Force Ball Cam was on, even though everybody hates it. You know, I want to see the perspective of the player, how he's dribbling, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, they're adamant about like, yo, turn that on. It's like, I love you guys to death. I really do. But you didn't provide the prize pool. You gave us no support. You didn't help with any of the funding. You didn't do anything at all to help us out. You provided and made the game and we are really appreciative of that. It's a platform for us to make something special happen. But I, I want tournaments to still have the freedom and the creativity to do as they please and have that be on their own detriment. You know, when when I'm not directly involved in psionics in the aspect of, okay, psionics doesn't provide price, but they don't do any of that stuff. Therefore, they're not liable or responsible for anything that happens. They just need to make sure that their game and their IP is protected in the right way. And that's what some of those guidelines do is they basically say, you can't promote, you know, certain brands that are negative, like pornography, gambling, you know, 
uh, guns, etc., weapons, like they stated, all that stuff, which makes perfect sense. This is a rated E game for a reason. So all that kind of stuff comes into play, but I also want to make sure that tournaments and organizers aren't afraid to go off the cusp and try something different. To me, a prime example of that is something like Liquor League with carpet and lo-fi. It definitely was not your typical type of commentary. There was alcohol involved. It was banter. It was great. It was something different. And I hope that these guidelines don't um, make people wary of doing stuff like that. I still want people to challenge it and stuff. Just make sure you're smart about it. It never hurts to ask or email and hope and be like, you know what? This is what we're looking to do. What concerns do you guys have? What kind of things? Like they're there to work with you. So don't be afraid to, to try that stuff out. Um, Cause like you said, people think it's very strict and it's all they can do. It's just a baseline. They're more than willing to help out with other stuff as well. So I know a lot of people's biggest concern was like the prize pool. You can't exceed, you know, 5,000 per tournament, can't do 50,000 per year, all that kind of stuff. So um, they're always willing to make exceptions if talked about. I mean, if you're bringing in that kind of money, ask them, it's not gonna hurt, so. Yeah, I think the proof is gonna be in the pudding. You know, we, like I said, the, these are guidelines for the majority, probably 95% of the events that happen out there. It's gonna be, you know, kind of a wait and see for the rest of the stuff. Do things like Liquor League, are they allowed to, to continue doing what they're doing? Granted, they haven't done anything in a while, but like if they wanted to, would they be allowed to? Would they have to make changes? Um, like you mentioned with Gnarly, having to have the force ball cam on, you know, I know that's something that is geared towards the casual audience, and I can see where they're coming from. I don't mm -hmm. know that I necessarily agree with forcing it, but, you know, it's not my call. It's not my game. It's their game. And ultimately, you know, whether we like it or not, they're – I mean, they could do whatever they want with their game. Right. They could shut down every tournament out there. They can, you know, they can go the riot route and just have everything have to be approved before, you know, being allowed to happen. Right. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're probably going to be somewhere in between like a blizzard and, and like a valve where they're kind of hands off in some situations and they're more hands on in others. Um, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with you, though. I hope that this doesn't stifle creativity right. and I don't think it's meant to, I would be very shocked if that was the case and we'll have, you know, a much different conversation if that does happen. I think this is just, like I said, I think this is meant to kind of clear up their emails. So they're not getting spammed with thousands of emails asking to run tournaments that, you know, you can just run because they're within the guidelines. Don't even, you don't need to ask, just do it. Um, and for those that want to do something cool and off the cusp, Awesome. Now you have a way to contact Cyanix directly. You can have a conversation with them and we'll see where it goes. If if they start shutting things down, then you know we can figure it out from there. But I think for now, let's give it a shot, right? Let's let's try it out, see how it works. And uh, you know, if there's negatives that come with it, we'll take it from there. Yep. All exciting stuff. I just have I'm just happy that there's more things they're putting out for us. I think that's what we're most excited about, is that we're getting communication towards certain things and I love it. So with stuff like that that is new but we're gonna take a step back first and foremost thank you guys all for joining us if you guys are new here this is rocket talk we're discussing today uh pretty much the off season with esports updates whether it be tournaments or new features as well as roster discussions we are now on our third topic which is pretty much a recap uh we want to get everybody kind of caught up and ready for season four uh season four is going to be what a lot of us think is kind of the first real big step, at least in my opinion, for Rocket League. We now have a promo relegation system. We have teams that are now consistent. Big orgs are coming in. 
it's to me the big jump start that we needed in our scene and it's only going to get better uh, because of that i feel we should catch everybody up before we start talking about all these other rosters um, and all the changes that came to be because certain players felt like they should change and move and domino effect happens as every season even though it's only one person changing now it's 10 people changing and it just never stops so get used to it it's going to happen from now until the end of time um, but to kind of start it off the big ones uh, end of season four as a quick recap world championship happened it was the best rocket league i've ever seen it was amazing i'm sure cloud will agree with me on that one i highly recommend if you're willing to uh, i've been doing it over the past two months uh, probably like once a week i'll sit down and watch one of the games from the world championship of season four and i'll just watch all the series through and it's just as exciting being as a third-party bystander as it is being on stage. So really exciting games, but uh, really came down to Gilforce being Gilforce. Uh, Cloudfield, I don't know if you disagree with me on that one. Gilforce is pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's how do you stop a team that's that balanced, right? Yeah. I mean, there's not one one person you could point to that is, you know, definitively just doing everything. I mean, I think Kadop is probably the obvious MVP there, but Turbo and VP are no slouches. Uh, that team is just, I mean, they're doing everything right. Defensively, offensively, they're carrying the load equally. Uh, yeah, it's not too much you can say, really, other than that. Those guys are doing it right. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where each one of those players, a lot of us talk about being the three best players in the world, one, two, and three, and they're all on the same team. It's a true powerhouse in the correct sense as compared to what Ivy Power tried to do, in my opinion. Um, the, meta, the meta is definitely adapted to certain... A certain style and i don't think that's going to change for a bit yeah there'll be small tweaks but those players are still going to be really really good at what they do um i think a lot of us are starting to see fairy peak also make talks of best player in the world based upon his performances and how consistent he's been probably in the last six months which is pretty exciting stuff for his teammates pashi and freaky um but rlcs season four game came down to it winners finals which a lot of people consider the actual true grand final between method who is no longer method and Gale Force went the full distance, uh, best of seven, three overtimes, unbelievable series. Uh, Method ended up dropping, going down to lower bracket, battled all the way back through another team and another team, and seeing Cloud9, and you guys all remember the squishy shot, it was unbelievable, it just wasn't enough, and Method had to bounce back. And then they got swept in the grand finals, um, dropping down and trying to battle two best of sevens, and then another best of seven after that. If they did win, it was too much, and they just kind of kind of lost it there. So. Um, Gilforce kind of went on a rampage and has been for a, quite a long time. Um, but because of the way those results happen, uh, there is going to be eight teams that stay in the RLCS. Two are from the RLRS because they had a double elimination, best of seven. I have a video on how that entire format works. So I'm not going to bore you with 20 minutes of how that works uh, when there is an easier way to go view it visually. Uh, but the nine or eight teams from North America. Cloud9, G2 Esports, Ghost, Energy, Rogue, Equinox, which used to be FlyQuest, Out of Style, which was an RLRS team that ended up taking out, I think it was Allegiance, and then Momentum, which used to be Renegades. Momentum is Dapper Miho, Timmy, Javier, Sid as the sub. So that's the exciting stuff. Uh, Cloudfield, I don't know if you want to talk about the European teams or if you want me to keep going. It's a lot of information that we're just trying to catch people up on. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
you kind of nailed it. That's the RLCS top eight as we as we see them. Uh, you know, a couple teams there that don't have organizations just yet. That you know, it's going to be very interesting to see who picks them up. Uh, I know a lot of big orgs out there are watching, and you kind of have a little bit of that going on with uh, with Europe as well. Um, you know, we touched a little bit on Gale Force earlier, as well as the Method Squad, previously Method, now known as Run and Hide. Uh, you've also got PSG Esports, who won DreamHack Leipzig. Team Vitality or Renault, Team Vitality or, or whatever they're being called because they have like a yeah. million different names. So they're they're um, Vital Team Vitality is their name, but they are sponsored by Renault, which is a racing, like a actual racing like Formula organization. One team. Yeah, it's, they're it's they're not... huge. Yeah, it's it's actually really incredible that we have an or org of that that not only size but like magnitude that's involved um so it's very impressive um you know good job obviously to, to pashy fairy peak and freaky for you know kind of waiting it out and and picking the best uh org for them so also, looking forward uh, with to heavy heart play. not seeing greg and cast anymore kind yeah of sucks. i love that boy yeah. but uh he's gonna do good work with them. okay it is pronounced right now it's all yeah, like i think greg and yeah. i'm looking forward to greg and uh working with those guys i think yes. uh you know, I'm not necessarily biased towards any one team, but I think specifically Pashi and, and Fairy Peak have been around and have been so relevant to the top of the esports scene for so long mm -hmm. that they're pretty they're pretty deserving of a championship. So I think they're going to be a team to watch this season, especially combined with the prowess of Gregan. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what it's they a, do. Uh, it's a good structure to have behind you. Gregan's a very smart, level-headed guy. Uh, he's not afraid to speak his mind and... Um, I feel it's something that it's very difficult when you bring in a manager or a coach or what have you to have the players respect you and take your word uh, for what it is rather than being like, yeah, he said it, but do we really have to listen to it kind of stuff? And Greg is one of those guys that they're definitely going to respect and yep. adhere to what he has to say. He is not coaching. He is there to manage and make their lives easier. So it is different from what some people think. But either way, having that kind of overarching uh, influence from Greg is going to be fantastic. I think... Team Vitality is going to be one, like you said, that you definitely have to pay attention to this year. I think um, there's a reason they go to LAN every single year, uh, and I don't see that changing. I mean, they're uh, Europe in general. I mean, we didn't even get to the other teams. Fnatic, which was the old leftovers are back, and right. Envy got to keep their spot. So, I mean, you look at you look at that roster of everybody. It's like, who do you pick? Like, everybody is stacked, like yeah. top to bottom. It is unbelievable. You've got Excel and Flipside in there as well. Uh, Flipside dropping Marky Duda. He's now over on Excel. Flipside right. Tactics picking up uh, Yukio, the, uh, or Yukio, the six-man superstar that's kind of come out of nowhere and mm -hmm. just been dominating. Um, so those, I mean, two teams that have been around before that have been in the RLCS, but new composition of roster. It's going to be very interesting to see what they can do. If uh, DreamHack Leipzig is any indication, watch out for Flipside Tactics. They looked pretty good. They looked really good. It also gave us a, quite a few hints in regards to some of the NA teams as well, like Ghost and how they performed with new rosters. But we'll we'll fully go over all the new roster changes in a little bit. We're just catching you guys up on the season results. So RLCS Season 4 ends, a lot of crazy stuff. The next tournament up at the very end of it was E-League. Um, to me, my favorite event I've worked on, RLCS holds a special place in my heart, but E-League was a whole different experience that I can't even begin to talk about simply because of what Turner Sports is and what they do. Um, they don't mess around. 
there's too much money involved for them to mess around with the amount of staff and everything that they put on. Uh, my favorite thing was just simply the amount of video packages and B-roll that they allowed to use. Um, really exciting stuff that has set a precedent for a lot of other things. And there's a lot of things that I as just uh, third party viewing it as well as seeing what they do for the players and stuff will make this esports significantly better on all sides. Stuff that I know the players really, really appreciate. Simple simple little things that'll just make the tournaments run faster and smoother and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, as for the results, there's a couple major points. Number one, Gale Force and G2 in the finals. Uh, G2 had a really rough seasons in two and three. They bounced back in season four, went to LAN, had a top five performance. They go to G they go to um, E League immediately after that, after boot camping again and G2 is no longer the team that we're like, yo, these guys are inconsistent. They're now consistently in top three almost every time. It's insane like for them to bounce back. I don't know how they managed to stick together and do it because nobody does, but I, it makes me happy seeing a team that has gone through that many trials and tribulations and difficulties, and they still stay together as a team. They work through it, and now they're one of the best in the world, truly. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Their story is pretty incredible. Cordovi's story is absolutely incredible. Um, it's really nice to see Jay Naps uh, finally starting to get the credit that he deserves. Right. Uh, Rizzo as well. Uh, it, yeah, that that team, it's so funny how things have changed because I remember in season one and season two, anytime a team lost, you know, it was pretty much like, okay, rinse and repeat, let's start over. Um, you know, let's, let's completely break up and create a brand new team. And there were very few teams that actually stuck together and had success. And right. so seeing G2 have the, you know, the, like you said, the trials and tribulations that kind of went through uh, in season um, season two, but then they got the new roster in season three. Um, you know, the whole sweepstakes of who was Kronovi going to pick up ends up getting Jane Apps and Rizzo. They come in, they start dominating early, and then they falter and, and you know, barely make it into... Uh, or, I mean, I guess they finished third, so they made it into the playoffs, but then they get knocked out by Denial. Sad Jr. has the incredible, you know, keyboard-mouse game. Uh, you know, shocking loss for them there. Then they turn around and come back season four. They're up and down during the offseason, right? They're playing in right. some of these community events and getting stomped by teams that no one expected. And then they follow that up with top four RLCS World Championship, winning E-League, and then going to DreamHack Leipzig, making it, you know, doing well. They were touching that in a second. Just right. their story... Is incredible. I uh, couldn't be place. happier and, and more proud of their success. They are, to me right now, they are the epitome of like what you should be doing in Rocket League. You stick it out, you grind it out, you work as hard as you possibly can. You don't accept defeat. You don't accept no. You know, you might get beat. You're probably going to get beat. You just pick yourself up and you keep going. Yeah, I mean, uh, to show how that how strong that team is at a core. I mean, when you go through all those those issues together, you work through it, you learn, you get rid of all the extra nonsense that isn't needed that people usually complain about, and now you're able to focus on things that truly matter. And the thing I'm happiest about is they show it's possible. There's a lot of teams that are like, yeah, we'll just replace them for a better player and we're done with it. But the fact that they're willing to stick around, try it out, see the issues, you know, Cordovi used to always never have boost and would, you know, commit to things and all this other kind of stuff. And it's like, you know what, they finally worked it out and they got through it together and it makes them stronger as a team, so. Yeah, super excited for them. Other cool stuff about uh, E-League. Mocket was undefeated in groups in a in a ridiculously stacked group stage for day two and day three. 
Um, C9 snuck through into day three due to tiebreakers because of PSG and method and all this other kind of ridiculous stuff. Um, and the biggest thing for me was despite method taking second at the world championships three weeks previously, they didn't even make it into day three. So method really hasn't had too good of an off season to be completely honest. Um, but knowing those guys, they'll bounce back. It's, it's a team that's too talented to not bounce back. So, um, exciting stuff at E-League altogether. If you guys haven't watched the VOD on that, highly recommend doing it. Uh, their TBS special that they did, uh, they actually ended up extending an extra an extra two episodes because they loved the, the results of the first one. So uh, really exciting stuff to see Rocket League as a whole being presented on national television. Cool stuff there. Yeah, um, E-League was one of those events that as soon as it came out, I was like, this needs, like Rocket League needs to be on here. Like they have CS and they have Injustice and Street Fighter and all those games. But, you know, Rocket League is, you know, we've said it a million times before. It's one of those games that reaches such a wide audience. Anybody can watch it from, you know, your kid to yourself, to your grandparents. Like anybody can can watch it, enjoy it mm -hmm. and understand it. it. Makes perfect sense for it to be on TV. So you add in the element of, of E-League run by Turner and, and so many people that have so much experience and honestly just a ton of money to be able to put in a budget. I mean, they have a studio, you kind of touched on this before, they have a studio that has uh, a separate area individually for every single team. They have their own rooms to practice. Yep. I mean, it's little, just, Little it's things perfect. like that go a long yeah. way. Goes a long yeah. way. So I, I can't wait to see what, you know, E-League 2 for Rocket League ends up being and and i hope this is oh, just a continuous happen. thing um you know i've talked to some of those guys behind the scenes and um you know i remember them being really jazzed about getting rocket again and really wanting it to be successful and and seeing the numbers i mean i i can't help but imagine that there's going to be a long and, and sort of prosperous relationship between uh rocket league and e-league in the future i'm looking yep. forward to it me too me too loved it absolutely loved it uh, i think they just announced tekken as well so fgc stuff still getting some love which is cool um after that uh there was the ting open which we all got a little little bit of help out on um kind of summarize it real quick uh axitos put it all together it was a fantastic tournament uh prize pool of like 3500 i think it was uh there was four uh open qualifiers two and a two u best teams got to go through and all compete for it that was pretty cool cloud nine and guess who gale force in the finals again Cloud9, despite not having the best performance, not competing in uh, Leipzig, didn't end up going to that. Um, still, like, showed up, but um, I totally skipped over Leipzig. I thought we talked about that, but I'm an idiot. We didn't. Um, Leipzig was sick. Uh, DreamHack Leipzig, wish I could have been there, didn't get to go. Uh, G2 dropped very early on, and a lot of us were like, uh, what happened? Was, wasn't sure about that. They ended up bouncing back. A uh, bunch of new rosters, and I guess this is where we can really talk about the new rosters. Um, none of them were really officially set up at that point, but um, we got to see the first and early starts, I would say, of what was to come. I mean, it it kind of it kind of started, right? Like it. People yeah, were, so, I mean, it, it, it was almost rolling. guaranteed. It, it was almost guaranteed that these guys were going to be there and in those teams. It's just they didn't. Right. They didn't officially be like, yeah, they're on the team. Like, Yukio, we all knew was going to be on Flipside, but they just announced it, like, a couple days ago or something like that because right. they had to. So It was also interesting to see some of the teams that were still working things out. Like, we knew Justin right. was going to NRG. Right. He just, he, I believe it wasn't old enough to be able to go to this event or something like that. So yeah. they ended up playing with Torment right. uh, from Cloud9, uh, Squishy because and Gimmick squishy. not being able to go. 
So it was like, you know, having that kind of powerhouse super team and being able to watch them. This is fun uh, to watch. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like having like a draft tournament. It's like, all right, pick your three favorite players. All right, let's, you know, Fireburner, Garrett, Torment. Let's go see what you guys can do. Turns out they can do a lot of good stuff. Yeah, it turns out they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really exciting stuff. And I, I think the coolest thing about that is you get to see the fact that this whole NA versus EU nonsense, like EU is better, NA is better, blah, blah, blah. It's like both teams are good. They're pretty much on par nowadays. It's any yep. given tournament, who's going to win? We don't know. Based upon performance that day. So really exciting stuff. But the big surprise, uh, a team that still gets overlooked for some reason, even though they performed admirably in Season 4, uh, PSG. PC, PSG ended up taking the win over G2. Um, I didn't get to watch that series all that much. Uh, I was busy with uh, personal stuff, but I uh, went back and watched a little bit of it here and there. And again, another battle. Like, for some reason, I don't know what it is, we don't really get blowouts anymore, and it's fantastic. You just get really, really good uh, and exciting results at these large tournaments. And PSG versus G2, yet again, just like... Like, it reminded me of... Um, DreamHack Atlanta with yep. with Muffin Men and uh, Gale Force. It, to me, it was like a very similar vibe. I don't know. It was exciting. It was good. Good Rocket League, that's for sure. Which yeah, it was very exciting matches. Time. Yeah, I would definitely recommend if you didn't watch um, the Leipzig Day Two and Day Three, go back and watch it. There was some, especially like with Flipside uh, and Guess Who. A lot of those matches were really exciting, really close. Um, and then you, you the G Two. PSG final was just back and forth. It was great Rocket League. Uh, and it's just one of those reasons why this game lends itself so well to esports. I mean, even from the early days, uh, anytime we have an event of this kind of magnitude, you can bet that the, the finals are going to be pretty exciting. I think the only time we haven't seen an exciting final was the grand finals of RLCS season four. And I think, like you alluded to earlier, it's just a format thing, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, they were just tired. I mean, yeah. I mean, playing you, that many games that they that they'd win like back to back is they'd play like 38 games or something like that yeah. and then you're talking yeah, that you tough. got three overtimes one of them going six plus minutes like ugh, man i can't imagine all that in the course of like two hours like it's a lot of yep. games a lot of a lot of uh, adrenaline and stuff going through so yeah, exciting stuff leipzig all these guys you can find all these tournaments via the vods they're out there go watch them they're exciting matches um as for ting open um ting open was something special uh, as people have been talking about chat, the infamous coin toss due to production issues. Um, it was fun. Axos got his chance to cast. Gibbs got to cast quite a bit too. Um, just try their uh, try their luck at it and have some fun with it. A um, lot of community people as well as myself and a lot of the RLCS guys pitched in to help out. It was, uh, to me, what this, it was like a throwback to what this community is all about, right? Like when the when stuff started out, you just got a bunch of people together. You made it happen. You found some way to raise money and you just put on a tournament. Um, Everybody had their hands in and, and just kind of helped out and made it happen. Um, kind of said it a little bit earlier, Cloud9 and Gale Force played each other in the finals. Um, Gale Force wins yet again because it's Gale Force. That's what they do. Uh, no changes there. But uh, the biggest thing to me, like I said, was Cloud9 just really hasn't had a good offseason. Um, they haven't really played in anything, so it's hard to see what results-wise are going to happen. And they still managed to make it to the finals. So uh, Cloud9, yet again, another team that you just can never count out. Too much talent on that team to count out. Um, moving along with that, the next one is Gold Rush. Cloud, tell me your love towards Gold Rush, because I love the event personally way too much. But uh, you guys help out a little bit with that one. 
Yeah, I mean, Gold Rush is just one of those events that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, it kind of stems from the people that are involved in it. Some of my favorite people in this community that just, you know, they they, they pour their hearts out. They go above and beyond to, to create opportunities for, for people um, to play at a high level and for people like us to watch and enjoy and, and get to engage and um, and identify with them even more than we normally do. Uh, you know, taking the the sort of like summit approach, uh, having you know sort of a casual environment, casual being you know this big mansion sort of environment, um, but yet having competitions and and having you know kind of sprinkling in memes and and fun moments and players casting and just silly conversations, just all of that together is unlike anything else we have in this Rocket League community. And, and honestly, I don't really see it in any community that, uh, that I've ever been a part of. So it's, it's just the perfect blend of casual competitive fun. And um, yeah, we, we sponsored their prize pool of $5,000. Uh, they were also sponsored by Red Bull uh, to help get the players out there. There was a community compendium where you could buy merchandise and you could donate, donate directly to the, the cause. Um, you know, had a combination of European and North American players come out, play in some ones, twos, threes, and uh, you know, it was just a good time. It was really fun. Yeah, the only thing that I was kind of upset by, I love Mystic to death. It's my boy. Yeah. Um, but he had to fill in for Coaster. Coaster was not feeling well, was under the weather, so Mystic ended up coming in last second. And I love his uh, little interview he did on it too, and he's just like, yeah, I just eventually decided to sack up, and it was a good opportunity, and I should go. So. He got over yeah. his his downfall, of being like, eh, "I don't want to travel and blah blah blah." He's like, "You know, screw it. I get to go play Rocket League with a bunch of buddies and, and meet and talk to people." So, um, I know a lot of guys uh, like Seismic does all their graphics and stuff. He was super excited to go because you get to talk and meet the players and, and get to know them for how we know them. You know, as someone like yourself who used to help organize and take care of all the players and stuff. And for me being a caster, I work with those guys on a regular basis. Getting to know them as people, as compared to just this is a pro player. You know, you get to know them as who they are. Um, and that's probably one of the more exciting things when it is a more laid back and more casual. It's just them being fun and having a good time. There's no pressure to it. You get to see um, them kind of show the side that you don't really see even on stage. You know, when they're being interviewed by Golden Boy or somebody on stage, like there's definitely a nervousness to it. It's, there's some seriousness to it. And for them to be able to go in and realize, yo, I can just have fun with this. I can just talk like I would my buddies. It, it allows them to kind of get some of that practice in without the pressure, which is good. Having that stage presence and having that ability to show what it's like to be on camera is great for us because I think it just makes them more confident when it comes to doing interviews and media day stuff for the ROCS and otherwise. So um, something that I've been very impressed by with the players is how much more comfortable they are on camera now that they're getting used to it. Uh, I think yeah. it makes a huge difference. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's really um, nice to see. Two last things on the plate before we go into official roster updates. Number one, 12 Titans. If you guys don't know the 12 Titans, this was the second season of it. Uh, 12 players, 10 of them were invited. Two of them were through open qualifiers, one for North America, one for Europe. And then they play all the way down to the wire for $10,000. The difference, though, this time is only one person is getting that $10,000 and who would have guessed? It's Scrub Killer. Scrub Killer's nuts. He's still amazing at ones. He uh, actually spent a lot of time on stream dedicating to playing ones as compared to just goofing around and doing other stuff. He took it seriously and it showed. He was dominant, to say the least. Um, a special shout out for me to Lethemir. Lethemir had some crazy performances. He, I forget the game that I watched. It was his gatekeeper match where he just manhandled who he was playing against. Like everything he had an answer for. Um, 
just something that you have to pay attention to. But Scrub Killer versus Fairy Peak in the finals, uh, unbelievable. Came back and forth, and Scrub Scrub ended up squeaking out. Uh, the other cool thing is before the match even started, good sportsmanship stuff. Something that I hope this community continues to do um, and breed uh, good sportsmanship. He split 10% of his prize play, gave a grand over to Fairy Peak for second place, even though he didn't have to. As a as a 15 year old kid, 14 year old kid, to do that and be okay with giving up some of the winnings, that is, um, it's respectable. It's it's something that I really really respect out of someone that age. It, yeah, I'm a big fan of Scrub Killer. I have been yeah. since the first time I ever talked to him. He's he's actually one of the most mature people that I've that I've ever dealt with in the scene. Mm-hmm. And considering his age and considering his elevated status in the community, I just man, I can't wait. Six months. Six right. months until he's probably in the RLCS. Yeah. We'll have RLS. a whole we'll have a whole I rocket talk wait. with Scrub Killer or something about where yeah. he's going for season six or something. We'll figure something out with that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But yeah, to touch on uh, League of Rockets, man, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of what they do. Um, I, I love, I love that they're, they're, you know, taking a risk, you know, they're moving away from the, the live element that we're used to with tournaments and being able to watch it. They're moving to that, you know, production style, post-production style events and, and adding the drama and the flair to it. It's great. Um, you know, really, feel like they stepped it up this time adding in the the you know the live elements of the, the player standing there with their poses and you know scrub killer coming in in a helicopter it's just it's silly but at the same right. time it's super serious and it just makes it feel really it's still super cool yeah like... it, it feels it has like this air of like just badassness that's that's mm-hmm. added to it um you know definitely agree with you as far as lethemir and and scrub go and and even floris and and fairy peak as well like all yeah. four of those guys were just incredible like i've never watched ones and enjoyed it as much as i do when i watch the 12 titans so i, I hope is, this is which is unique stay. too because like for yeah. me gold gold rush had too much ones for me like yeah i, I love ones that's where that's where i came from like my well, life i think part of the problem ones. there too is the but, players that they had like yeah. some of them are geared towards ones like dapper obviously makes right. sense as and that's a ones why i think player. that's part of the reason why i miss cook so much because Cooks yep. to me on like one v ones is so exciting because he plays defensive ones, which you like think about that and you're like, what? Why? Why would you ever do that? But he showed that he could beat someone like Fairy Peak, who is a freaking robot in ones, with defense. Like he would let Fairy Peak shoot, save the shot somehow, and then just counterattack on an open net. He did. A, he forwarded him the last time I saw him play. It's like it missed yeah. that element. I don't know. Maybe that's why I miss Cooks so much, and because I love Cooks, but. Yeah. Well, uh, Fairy Peak got his got his revenge in Twelve Titans, but that yeah. was a really good match between those two guys. I'd love to see that again. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see. I mean, I have some suggestions of my own for Gold Rush, but I've seen some people. Uh, they they have a feedback um, Go fill post on on the subreddit. Definitely fill that out. But I definitely think that yeah, trying to. I think one of the best things they can do is try to cater the event to the players mm-hmm. as opposed to the players to the event. So each time might be a little bit different because they might have guys that are more geared towards ones or twos or threes or aerial shots or dribble challenges, you know, different things they can do with the group of people they have. I think that makes it to where every time is unique and it's going to be an exciting experience that you, you know, you, you won't see every single time. Yeah, it's something special that they have the option to. I mean, obviously, uh, all three, four guys that are in the staff of that are from the community. They're people that have been around for a very long time, so they're more than willing to get into that stuff. Um, as for last but not least, Gfinity Elite Series draft, the last one on the list. If you guys do not know, uh, Gfinity Elite Series, the one that is over in Europe, fantastic event and production, uh, are doing something different this time. Uh, they're doing what's called an elite draft. There is 
10 teams and they're picking from a pool of the 30 top players that are in the Challenger series as a whole. Uh, they've basically taken a bunch of people from Rocket League and they have their teams, but now they are drafting players to certain teams and it's actually really cool. A lot of um, bubble team players uh, for Europe that are extremely talented that just don't get the limelight because they don't have that RLCS team. And twos to me brings a unique style because twos is very interesting in the way that the play style is nowadays. Um, it is pretty much two people who ball chase like crazy and challenge nonstop. Um, from everything I've played in the like the really good twos players, which would not pass for threes. Um, but it's interesting to see how people counter that and work with it. And having people having to work together on a new team is always exciting. I mean, twos, twos gives you room to do some pretty crazy stuff. So um, definitely one that I plan to tune into as well. Also, shout outs to uh, hashtag United, I think it is. Doomsy and the boys, uh, Doomsy Flarky. And um, I forget the third player. Um, Doomsy, Flarky, and I'm going to look it up. I can't think of it. Uh, data. Thank you. Um, for them to be together and be under a new org. Stuff like that's cool. But yeah, Gfinity Elite Series, 2v2 stuff with that draft is going to be cool. I'm excited for it. It's just one more thing that's different. I love it. Yeah. And it's great that it's in Europe. Europe? Yeah kind of gets shafted a little bit they don't have a lot of events for some reason um and it's i don't know i, I don't know uh, it's from the early days of rocket league it's it's always been kind of na driven uh when it comes to like tournament organizers and community organizers um europe europe you know has had a couple events um but in comparison to north america it's just it's been far less so having something that's at this level specifically for europe catering to that audience of of teams that are already insanely close in skill and players that are you know on the bubble but i mean honestly if we're if we're being realistic the bubble for eu is is a bit deeper than the bubble for north america there are just that many good players over there that can hang at the top level giving them a space to be able to be consistent and successful is just going to help breed even more talent that can eventually make it to the rival series and then make it into the championship series Right. So to clarify, because I totally read it wrong, the way that those work is those two teams are so there's each They're franchise. Yeah, each franchise yeah. will select six players, uh, two from Rocket League, two from whatever. All their different games that they have, like Street Fighter, and you name it. Uh, the draft system gets underway on February 23rd. So today, it happened today. Um, with each game's drafts taking about an hour to complete, and it shows the order. Uh, Rocket League would have been roughly like. Five hours ago, something like that. There, it would have been like noon, uh, noon our time. I'm pretty sure there, 7:30 GMT. So it's like 1:30 our time. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, so that happened quite a bit ago. But it's cool. I mean, it's other people that are getting a chance to go and move up into the elite series and play in the 3v3. It's cool stuff. It's it's a unique way of doing it. I like it. It's a unique taste on what's happening. I'm just looking at more of the information right here. That I have also shout out to uh, Damascus for for hitting us up with that. Um, yep. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that one, Cloud? Before we progress. No, just big fan of more competitions, more events, more opportunities for players to to you know have their their moment in the sun, get some promotion, get some good uh, matches in. It's all good stuff. Indeed.
Now, the one that most of you guys have been waiting for, the ones that most of you guys have always wanted, the thing that we try to do the most every single season, uh, roster updates. These are the ones that are pretty much solidify the ones that we know of. Um, some things may be speculation because they haven't been finally announced, like the old Renegades, now Momentum Squad, like we still don't know what the heck they're doing. So um, these are the ones that we do know, just so you guys are aware. Uh, we are going to talk about the team, the change, as well as how we feel it will work out. We'll go through these pretty quick, I would say. There's only so much you can say about things that we haven't seen and that we have seen. So uh, first up, the big one, in my opinion, uh, Ghost is no longer with Classics. They now have Matt from the old Rogue roster. Um, I'm actually super excited about this team. I think they have a lot of potential simply because Matt and Zanejack have been wanting to play together since like season one. Um, a team that, to me, and I have nothing against classics, it just felt like he wasn't a good piece in the puzzle. Uh, it was just kind of a, a shoe in Like last season to me for them felt like it was a rebuilding period, and they still went to land, which is baffling. And now they have a player that, to me in 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 matt that is extremely talented we haven't really seen matt's true performance since i think season three lan where he went off for rogue um but having that kind of dual headed monster up front and then to me where i think we're really going to see lethmere play back on defense kind of like a torment role where he's okay to move up probably more similar to garrett because torment is the shooter that garrett is while lethmere can be lethmere can be extremely and deadly accurate um i think this could be a really strong roster um, a lot of people are talking about them being a dark horse. I'm like, no, nah, there's no way. Like these guys are going to be nuts. No, I, I definitely agree with uh, the dark horse sentiment in in the sense that I think everybody expects Cloud Nine, G Two, and NRG to be the favorites. So, I mean, you can't really have. I, mean, I guess you could have four favorites, but I mean, the, you know, those, the reason why those I say those four fav favorites is because that's how many go to land, right? Like, you should, yeah. I should be able to pick. Like, these are my assumed four land teams: Energy, yeah. Ghost, G Two, Cloud Nine. So to me, that's not. I really mean, we'll dark we'll talk game. about some of the other teams in a little bit, and I think there right. are definitely some teams that might be able to contend with Ghost. But right. I, I'll come at this from two angles. One, I think Classics is still a very underrated player. Agreed. He has consistently, um, you know, made it to kind of the top of of the RLCS um, since he's been involved in it. He's you know been to a few lands. Um, he's you know he's his stats uh, tend to be towards the upper half or the upper third. Um, every season so you know he has an unconventional unconventional there's a word uh play style he's very aggressive uh but he forces people to make poor decisions and that helps a lot um i'm i was actually very surprised to see him and lethemir on a team last season uh, i know both of them are very um opinionated i guess is the word i'll say i don't know yeah. i don't want to I don't want to bash either one of them, but they definitely have, you know, strong opinions. So I had a feeling those two would probably clash at some point. Um, so with that being said, Matt coming to the team, I can't, I mean, I can't help but see that as a good move. Nothing against classics, but Matt is just one of those players that, I mean, he, I mean, he was my, um, he was my pick for MVP in season three yeah. for the RLCS. I mean, the guy is nuts. Yeah. Um, I think he had a, a bit of a down year last year in comparison to season three and yet he still finished in the top third of all stats for for everybody uh in the rlcs and you know quick shout out to octane gg those guys are doing amazing work yep. they actually have uh stats for players 
for their careers, like overall careers, as well as RLCS careers. And if you're looking at the two, um, Matt slightly edges out classics in every category. Goals per game. It reminds me of a... Score per game, assist per game, save per game, and shot per game. So maybe a slight upgrade? Uh, it maybe? reminds me of um, of Moses replacing J-Ra for Exodus way back. Right. Statistically, yep. it was just better in every category, and it was it was a similar style. They're just like, okay, here's a little step up, and it worked out. So, yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see. I know there's some internal dynamics that they're still kind of working out, and you saw that at Leipzig. They just have some things they need to figure out as a team, and that's only going to get better as they take time to work together. And that's something I think is the most positive about that team is they're willing to talk about their issues and figure out what's happening. So um, I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, next one up, Energy. Uh, you touched on this one earlier, Justin, in replace of Jacob. What are your thoughts on this one? So after NRG uh, finishing in the worst place they finished um, in a world championship to date, we all knew something was going to change. And as as incredible of a player as Jacob is, I think it was all pretty, pretty obvious that if there was any player that was going to be stepping out from that team, it was going to be him. Um, so, you know, be that as it may, they had to make a change. It was a business move. Everything's good. Who are they going to pick up? Mm-hmm. The obvious choice to me was Justin because he was, at the time, the best player available that was, was not already on an RLCS team. He was North America's Ignite. He yeah. was insane. Well, I would say Ignite, Ignite is Europe's Justin, is the way I would put it. Nothing against Ignite, but Justin... Man, I mean, that guy. Justin's he, nutty, but so is Ignite. Ignite had a huge performance. Like, look at his stats compared to everybody else. I look RLS. at Justin's compared to everybody else. I mean, that's why I say they're similar, right? Like, you yeah, can, they're very. It goes similar. both ways. And it's crazy because you look yeah. at um, you look at the RLRS and you have guys like Chicago and Memory tearing it up, mm-hmm. and yet Justin is still, still above them yeah. in stats in every single way. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy is just incredible. And and I said this before the season even started. Anytime, as we're heading into a season, I hear a player's name um, before the season's even started, they tend to become the next superstar. Mm. The previous season, it was Squishy. The previous season, it was Devo. This past season, it was Justin. And it happens every single time. Wait, who's Vince? Uh, Vince as well, yeah. He's another <laughs> right. one. Um, but yeah, I mean, Justin coming in, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I, we've yet to see them play. So we have no idea what this team is going to look like. Um, you know, Jacob was well known for being... You know, kind of just going for – he's been that wild card sort of player going for wacky shots and, and putting teams on their back heels because he's hitting stuff at weird angles you wouldn't expect. Um, they had a lot of great synergy. They were able to, you know, put some passing plays together. Justin playing with out of style, you know, he had kind of that sort of J-Naps sort of role where Licinio and, and Epic Johnny were kind of setting him up for success and just letting him do his thing. And that works to a certain degree. But now he's on a team where I don't know that he necessarily needs to be the guy, right? Because you've got Garrett G, who's one of the best all-arounders there is. Right. You've got Fireburner. Cons- who... Most consistent player. in. Yeah, I mean, extremely he doesn't consistent. Do, doesn't do anything flashy or anything special, but he's he not going to make mistakes. He reminds me of Torment. He's, he's, he's not going to make he's, mistakes, but he's going to get the job done. Right? Yeah, he's a brick wall. He's going to, you know, they call him 90-10 for a reason. He's going to win yeah. most challenges. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I on paper, that team is insane. Yep. Uh, but I've talked to people before, and you know, it's a lot of people are kind of interested to see how this is going to work. I, I think they're going to have to do some adjusting to figure out what makes sense, what what mm-hmm. style of play they're going to have. 
But with the composition of that team and with the, the personalities and, and the, the styles they have in that team, I feel like they're going to probably be one of the most versatile teams out there, being able to play pretty much any type of role they want. So I've seen talk to the team, and it's going to be very similar to, to me, G2. Um, Fireburner, to my knowledge, is going to move up kind of similar to Kronovi, and is going to be the disruptor. He's going to win those 50-50s. He's going to create opportunities up front for his teammates. Uh, Garrett is now back to defense, uh, very similar to when he was brought on energy in the first place, where he was that, that defensive rock in the backfield, very similar to Torment, right? And basically, from what I see is Fireburner's going to create some disruption. Justin's going to try to make something crazy happen with those mechanics. And if he can't do it, either Fireburner's going to be there to follow it up while Garrett surveys, or Garrett's going to smash that in. And it looks scary. Um, I'm excited for this team for the exact same reason, because... I know all three of these players have the ability to change and do what they need to to make that team work out, um, if given time. So I know they're not going to take it lightly. Garrett has one of the best drives to win I've ever seen um, and will not slow down until he is back on top. So Energy is a team that you have to look out for. They're going to be extremely exciting. Yeah, he's another one of those. I mean, I talked about it a little bit earlier with Team Vitality. Guys like Pashi and Fairy Peak have been at the top for so long and are deserving of a championship. Uh, you know, Garrett and Fireburner are right there as well. Yep. So, you know, I think NRG is going to, it's going to be hard not to, to have them as a favorite to, uh, to do well in the RLCS this season. Yeah. I think um, this is going to be our first true season, I think, in North America where we get people really battling for those top four spots. Because, I mean, we've always had a couple shoe-ins, but I think who's going to be that one, two is totally up in the air um, after we get a couple weeks of RLCS under the belt and see what these teams are really full of. Um, yeah, it'll be. This is one stuff. of those times where I, I really wish we had double round robin for the RLCS, having yep. fourteen games instead of seven, because yep. I feel like, man, seven games is just not enough to really tell us. Yeah, it's it's exciting stuff, um, and very rewarding as a viewer. No matter what you tune into to RLCS this season, every single match is going to be the edge of your seat. Uh, as a commentator, I can't wait to cast some of these matches. Like, just being genuinely excited as a fan to watch, like, Energy and G2 and Energy and Ghost and Energy, like, any anybody of these guys, like, any mixed match that you put up, it doesn't matter. It's going to be an exciting game. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, on to the next one. Now that Jacob is no longer on Energy, he is booting out Matt because Matt went to Ghost and replacing him on Rogue. I'm, I don't know how I feel about this one. I mean, Sizzle, Sizzle Your Cobb is back in full force. But that was twos. This is threes. Yeah, I mean, Sis and Jacob definitely have some sort of that um, they're in sync to some degree. Um, Insolences is a player that people consistently underrate. I'm not really sure why. Um, the guy can, you know, play CS:GO and and other games and still be one of the top players in in Rocket League. I mean, his stats every season he's at the top. Um, yeah. Like you just, he can't help it. And he does nutty stuff. So I don't know. This is a, an absolute wild card team for me. When you look at the stats of these players and you look at the things they've done in the past, they're all contenders. Um, it's going to be a matter of, you know, how well they mesh and, and what their, what their team style is going to be. I would imagine that it's probably going to be a combination of, of Jacob and I mean, they're all super fast and sort of aggressive type players. So I, I just, 
I mean, do you, do you put insolences as kind of like the third and, and let Sis and Jacob just go ham up front? Do you play more of the uh, European super fast rotational style, like a PSG, and you play like really aggressive up front? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see. But, you know, on paper, I mean, all, the, all these teams are good, though. Like, this is the season where... Talent is stacked. You know, every season we've had like one team that just didn't quite measure up to the rest. I don't know if that's going to be the case this season. Well, this I mean, there might thinks... be one or two, but... It's two overlaying stories for me this season. Number one, it yeah. is the death of the duos. The OG duos that we've seen, right? Mike and Mar- Mike Markey, Mark Cooks, whatever you want to say, Sis uh, yeah. and Matt, Jacob Fireburner, Remco Maestro. Technically, was before this, but it's like every single one of those OG duos is no longer together. They finally realized, like, okay, this isn't the way to go. We got to mix it up. We got to try something different. Um, and that's to me what season five is. There's that, and the fact, like you just said, there is no real weak spot on any of these teams. Like every team has somebody that matches up to another team. Like it's a lot of talent. Um, and that's kind of what I was saying at the very beginning, where season four was to me the true like start of what Rocket League is going to be from now on. Like it's yeah. it's kind of moving into this like this is what Rocket League's truly about. Seeing these kind of matches and this kind of level of competition and and a true promo relegation system. Like you're going to start seeing, in my opinion, teams that you know what they may not be able to get into the top six, but they're too good to be an RLS and they're not bad enough to be you know in that in between. So they're just going to become gatekeepers. They're going to be teams that are in the RLCS every single season, and they may improve with small changes here and there, but for the most part, they're just to keep other teams out. And that may happen for a while, which is only going to make the teams in RLRS get better and better. You see it in every eSport. Like, for me, it was, um, there was, uh, in League of Legends in the early games, there was a Curses B team that ended up changing the name. I forget what they went to, but they literally just sat in the 7th, 8th place spot in in, uh, the LCS and kept other teams out from the Challenger season. That's all they did. I foresee that starting to happen again. Yeah, and that's when you start talking about, okay, maybe we need 10 teams. Right. Which I'm okay with. Move it all on land. <laughs> give, us <a> double, <laughs> give us a double round robin. Like, I'm down. It's exciting stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to see. I think Rogue is going to be a team that has to find their identity as time goes on. Yeah, I have Rogue as a, a challenger right now for Ghost. Um, I think, you know, in my head, it's probably NRG, Cloud9, G2 at the top, followed by Ghost competing with the likes of Rogue. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we have to wait and see, but I think just right now, based on based on the data we have, that's probably the logical conclusion. I'd agree to that. Uh, next up, out of style, now that Justin is going to NRG, they're using Hato. Hato will be there. I have no results. I have no information about this team whatsoever. So I honestly, yeah. to me, they're a big question mark. I have no clue. They're I'm a huge excited. question mark for me as well. I'm excited they stayed together. Right. Um, they didn't lose that opportunity to be in the RLCS, but this is going to be an interesting season for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to you have to wonder if any of the rumors were true. Uh, Lucinio and Epic Johnny having a falling out. Yeah. If that is the case, then, you know, I think that's going to be a really weird sort of dynamic for the team. And we've seen that in the past with teams and they fell apart. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully that was all just a, a joke and uh, you know, they're all good. Everything's fine. Um, but losing Justin, I mean, nothing against Hato, but he's not Justin, right? No. There's, there's very few people in this game that can compare themselves to the likes of Justin. So, right. I mean, I know um, you and I've seen those gifts of those wave dashes and whatever. Yeah. It's like, even though that triple wave dash does literally nothing for you, 
there is no point to it. It looks cool and it's unbelievable the 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 mechanics that go into doing it and performing it consistently. Yeah, D pants actually. D pants hit me to uh, a stream they were doing the other night where they were playing this like wacky, like super fast drop shot, mm-hmm. and the amount of times that Justin was able to just consistently touch the ball as the ball was just literally being a pinball across the screen, and he was just always there on top of it. Yep. It's like how how do you track the ball that fast? and and accurately move your car in such a way that you hit it and not just hit it but hit it with precision and intent Mm -hmm. it's incredible so you know a team going from having a player of that caliber to having hato not a bad player by any means it's a very solid player but it's definitely a step down right just because you you don't have a justin level player you don't have a squishy level player it's gonna i think it's gonna be hard for this team to be able to contend for a playoff spot I have this team right now as potentially being a relegation team, but I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to see them come together and, you know, kind of, you know, like you said, it's it's a question mark for this team. We have no results on them. We don't know how they're going to form together. It's um, it's an interesting way for these guys to also bring up their own worth as a free agent, you know, going forward. Say this is just a, a go-through period. And eventually they're going to be trying to find other options. You know, for, for Licinio, like, this is huge. This is Licinio's comeback. He could prove that he's still at the top. You know, he could turn a lot of heads. He could possibly get himself into a better roster in the future or something. Same thing applies to Epic Johnny. This is Epic Johnny's first, you know, induction. Like, he has the opportunity to really show that he belongs here and that he's a good enough player. So, like, there's a lot of things that these teams can do that even though they're trying to win games and they're trying to prove a bunch of people wrong, at the same time, it is also huge for the beneficial of themselves in the future going forward. And that's, to me, what I think they should be doing. Question mark, try to turn some heads, try to prove some people wrong, but at the same time, like, show your worth. Prove that you belong to be in the RLCS and that you're you're a viable free agent if it comes to that, you know? Next up, no longer FlyQuest. FlyQuest is now in an RLRS team. Uh, these guys are now Equinox. They will not be Equinox for much longer, uh, but I'm not the one to spoil that information. Uh, Nor I. Um, good man, good man. Uh, but Equinox, they do have an org. I'm excited for what it is. I'm proud of those guys, but Classics yep. will be replacing Sad Junior. Uh, the KBM God is no more. He'll be subbing, I'm pretty sure, for Cloud9, I think. Yep. Yeah, Sad Junior's subbing for Cloud9. But classics will be replacing Sad Junior. Um, we got a little bit of taste of them, I want to say. No, we didn't because they were playing no. with Jacob. That's right. right. Another question mark. Yep. Yeah, I. Um... Dapper, shut up. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help but think that this is a bit of an upgrade. Um, I hate to say that. I love Sad Junior to death. One of my favorite yep. people in this community. But just looking at his stats over the past few seasons, they've tended to be towards the bottom of the community or of the, the RLCS players, whereas Classics has tended to be towards the top. Now, stats don't mean everything, right? You know, Sad Jr. is, is certainly a valuable player. Um, it's insane to me that he's a sub. He's way too good to be a sub, but that just makes Cloud9 that more scary, that much more scary, you know, because God forbid something happens to where, you know, Torment or Gimmick or Squishy is sick and can't play. You know, instead of grabbing somebody that's like, eh, I don't know if you're you're really ready for this, you're grabbing Sad Junior. Like, that's pretty good. And to have that player of a caliber of that level as a sub is is actually insane. Um, but bringing Classics in, Classics having, you know, like we talked about before, such an aggressive sort of 
I don't want to say ball chase style, but it is kind of that. Like he keeps possession. He keeps, he challenges, he puts you in awkward positions. He makes you move around him in order to move the ball. Um, having that on a team that already is composed of a player like Chrome, who is, is a very solid support kind of all arounder style player. Um, along with Corrupted G, who is one of the most underrated players that I've ever seen in this community. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy takes a team, any team he plays on, he puts on his back and is, is just absolutely nuts. I think there's an opportunity for this team to be a true contender. And right now I have them battling with Rogue and with Ghost for that fourth spot. And I really hope that the battle between those three teams is as good as I think it's going to be. I mean, like you said, it's stacked. I don't think there's ever a freebie anymore. Like these guys are gonna have, really have to show up every single week. Um, my issue with classics is, I mean, and it could be because of Lethmir and the and the, the difficulty. So there was a habit that classics developed over the course of time playing with Ghost, where he was very hesitant going to the ball, and a lot of that was because Lethmir could get to it quicker and faster, so he would to apply pressure, and because of that, it slowly pushed classics into this pit of hesitation there'll be times where he'll be in the right position he's ready to make the right move but he still won't go for the ball he'll just look at it and watch it i'm like what are you doing like just go challenge it that's yours dribble that upfield like i know you know what to do so why aren't you and i hope he gets rid of that and he goes back to the uh bruiser style that carpet coins him in like season two season three uh, the other thing, which people are also mentioning, Chad, this is now the third time, second time that he's he's playing with Chrome after having a falling out with Chrome. How much of that is banter? How much of that is true? I don't know. But I know these guys do clash. After, after some of the conversations I've heard, only so much of that can be friendly. But there's some pretty rough stuff said. Um, I'm curious to see the dynamic of what is going to happen with those two again. Yeah, and... I can't help but think that a lot of it is banter. Um, I, I think at one time there probably was some seriousness to it, but I think mm -hmm. as time has gone on, I think, uh, you know, I think some wounds have kind of healed. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, Classics is a younger player. Chrome is one of the older players in the community. Um, so I'm sure, you know, that dynamic is, is I think, naturally going to lend itself to some interesting clashes. Um, and then you've got Corrupted G, who's, you know, and in my experience, you know, kind of cool, calm, collected, sort of quiet kind of guy. Um, but absolutely, I think one of the best players in North America. So if they can hold it together and they could focus on, on playing and, and my experience with both Chrome and, and Classics is they're very hardcore when it comes to like they want to practice they want to scrim yep. they take it very seriously they're not here to screw around so i mean if that team can hold it together i think they've got a shot i'm i mean it was the same thing uh i forget who was saying it in chat too but it's the same thing like the uh mess with genesis was i mean it's a team that they put in the work and the effort and as long as they keep a level head they're a talented team they'll take games yep. so uh we all know corrupted g is not a person that you can take for granted gabe has some of the best accuracy i've seen out of the rlcs the guy's a monster so don't expect that to change anywhere either he's a good rounded third for that team so it'll be exciting to see how they do it um i can't wait i mean plus at the same time like you have to you have to agree to a team you know like there's clearly a conversation that happened to be like 
you know, do we want to go with classics? There was probably conversation and a discussion. And it, I mean, there was other options. They didn't have to go with him. So um, it'd be interesting to see. That kind of wraps up NA. Uh, Dapper isn't willing to spoil their team or who is the official. He says that I can tell you scrim results and let you speculate, but screw you, Dapper. I don't need you. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out eventually when you announce it on the internet. So thank you. Uh, moving on to Europe. The big one, Team Envy. Uh, Remco has finally seen Ignite be good enough to understand and is now starting over Greasy. Greasy is now the sub. Um, yeah, it's mind-boggling to me. Uh, I mean, nothing against Ignite. He definitely deserves a top spot, but just the concept of Greasy Meister being a sub, it makes my heart hurt. <laughs> it's the same thing with Sad Junior. It's like, you guys are just too good to be subs. Why it. are you subs? But it was a last-second thing, and I'm sure that was the best that Greasy could do, uh, unless he wanted to go to a rival series team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this gives him the opportunity to not have to focus about competition as much. Maybe just start practicing for next season, and uh, hopefully have starting a starting spot. You never know. Maybe he picks up Scrub Killer, and they go make an insane team. We'll see. I mean, don't get my hopes up like that, man. Like, right? Really exciting. But yeah, uh, I ignite uh, coming in. I think that team, Team Envy, is. I just don't know what their deal is, man. They're such a good team on paper. Their players are phenomenal. Well, they I don't know what happened. What was it leading leading up to leading up to Leipzig? They were dominant. Yeah, in community tournaments like unbelievably strong. And if you look back at even season four and some of the events they've been in, they didn't do bad. Uh, going back to like DreamHack Atlanta, um, they finished you know, top four in a lot of the events that they were in, they just kept getting overshadowed by Gale Force and then by Method. So it's like the team wasn't bad, but then going into league play, they just had a terrible time. And then they, you know, end up beating the number one team in PSG when it kind of didn't really matter too much. So, you know, they've got flashes and elements of being a top team. They just couldn't quite get it together in the, in the right times. And then I think, you know, Leipzig was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know, not making it out of day one is rough, and especially against a team that wasn't even really, you know, they're, they're kind of like a bubble team, not really a super well-known team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just goes to show that anybody can win, you know, at a high level, so you can never sleep on anybody. Um, and, you know, I guess it was time for a move. And, you know, maybe this is the change that they need in order to kind of spark things in a favorable direction. Um, we've yet to see them play, though, with Ignite, right? So, right. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, the only other real noticeable one for like top tier teams, right, is uh, Market Plane Presences in Excel. Um, for like the major ones, and then like teams that have already made it, right, for the the RLRS. You're talking like uh, well, you also have uh, UKO and instead uh, of Market, yeah, UKO, yeah, yeah, UKO playing for. Um, Flip side. Yeah. yeah. No, that's official. And we can actually talk about it. Um, but you, I mean, you look at, so FlyQuest is no longer FlyQuest for Equinox. They're now Prime Thunder Wonder and AJ. Uh, AJ is replacing Air, I think it was. Uh, Dignitas now has Turtle and Zvejedo. Uh, Hollywood Hammers is no longer Hollywood Hammers. They're now Radiance. Um, and then X-Ray, I know, is switching out some people because Ignite's no longer with them. So it's like there's a couple of changes here and there, but it's just like we don't know the information to it, right? Like we don't know yeah. 
who they're officially going to start. Um, yeah, we don't know endpoint. I assume Sebadom, just yeah. because I've I've looked in the um, the the Smash GG um, files, and and Sebadom's not he's not playing for any team currently, right. and they haven't added their LRS teams, so I think that's probably where he goes, which makes a lot of sense. Top player, X Ray, uh, Tiz left. He was the sub. He's playing with a different team, and as we know, I Ignite moved on to uh, to Team Secret and then on to uh, Team Envy. So you got Skyline, Mummy Snow. Really interesting to see who the third's going to be. Sebadom is on airs. That's Gfinity. That doesn't count. Yeah, it's yeah Gfinity stuff doesn't. Pretending chair. Yeah, Gfinity. Oh, well, there you go. That that's endpoint then. When I say endpoint, I mean Tinny and Cheerio. So that's who I thought they were going to be playing with. So. Hmm. So that's probably who he's playing with for Rival Series. Which that's if it's Tinny, Cheerio, and Sebadom. In Rival Series, I'm good with that. That's a good team. Yeah. They'll be competitive. I still think Juicy uh, Kids will round it out. They just got to find... Juicy Kids and Team Secret are going to be... I mean, Tigri, Tylacto, and Flame. Yeah. That That's a, that's a pretty sick team. Yeah. I'm sure he likes hearing that in chat, don't you, Tigri? <laughs> Talking about you, Mr. Green Text. Yeah, it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be good stuff. I, I mean, RLRS is something that I don't think gets enough love. Um, there's a lot of good matches in there, even though it's considered like a, a step down from the caliber of RLCS. But I mean, a lot of those t players are super talented. I mean, they've shown that they're super talented. So yeah, um, and as we saw with last season, I mean, Fnatic came in, just kind of stopped the the whole scene, and is now contending with the likes of the RLCS teams. So just because not every team in the rival series can compete with the RLCS doesn't mean that nobody can, right? There are going to be some teams that are, I mean, I think that's what the name that is, what the name is for. It's, it's meant to be a rivaling league of the championship series. These teams are meant to be like the up and coming future rivals of some of these top RLCS teams. So I think it's going to be even more impressive than last season where we had a lot of really, you know, some teams were really close and there was a lot of really good matchups. I think there's going to be even more of that this time around. Yeah. The thing I'm most excited for is hopefully these guys use the motivation of a player like Justin as an example or right. I Ignite as an example. You come in, you put in the time and the effort, the work, you dominate, you show that you're that good, and maybe one of these guys will allow you to skip a step. You never know. Or you get kicked like Kato and then you end up on an RLCS team. You know, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but one of those situations where you have an opportunity, take full advantage of it, please. Give us some really exciting games again, and I'll be more than happy. Real quick before we move to the next thing, I just want to answer something that somebody mentioned in chat. Mm -hmm. I asked uh, why the presentation of the Rival Series was so bad. So with the Rival Series with last season, we weren't really sure um, what it was going to be. Like, we didn't, we didn't know if it was going to be well-received. We didn't know how good the teams were going to be. So in a lot of ways, it was an experiment. And therefore, a lot of the budget was put towards the RLCS and not towards the Rival Series. With that being said, our plan was to upgrade the Rival Series going into the season. Now, and obviously, it, we're not, it, it we're not in charge did, anymore, though. so Cyanix is going to have to do that. So we'll see if they do so. But I imagine that's going to be the case. We saw the Rival Series exceed all of our expectations. So viewership and everything was way yeah. above and beyond what people expected. And you, yeah, we you were thinking like, five, RLRS. like We were thinking 5 to 10K viewership. We were getting consistently 20 to 30K. So with that being said... I would imagine Psyonix is going to up the ante this time around and have a, a solid production for it. 
Yeah. Uh, it was a trial period, you, and you saw the production levels get better and better each week. You know, yeah. they I mean, they kudos to kudos to Rival Esports, the guys that were handling the production of the Rival series. Uh, you know, that's that's a group that we've all seen in the community that's been doing it for a long time. Uh, to see them go from what they do on their own streams to what they did for Rival series, even though it wasn't as good as the RLCS, was very impressive. So. Just keep that in mind. Like they did a really good job considering the time constraints and the budget they were given. Yep. It's only gonna get better. Should be cool stuff. Um but yeah, good uh, good clarification. Uh but that brings us to our last point before we get into a live Q and A. Which teams to look out for? Um there's a lot of teams, a lot of talent still out there, uh people that are trying to qualify. Um but to me, I think there's probably a good like five or six that I would pay attention to in North America, and I think Europe's got a little bit more than that. But uh, for the most part, probably about the same. That true shot. I mean, there's only four four that are going to get through, right? So, right. Um, I guess my. I mean, do you want to talk about your four and why? We could do that. Just look through the list Ooh, real quick. Limited like to four. four. Man, that's <laughs> tough. Limited, so, limited to ones that you definitely feel like have a chance. No limitation yeah. on how many. No, but... no offense, like yeah. no offense to the teams I leave off. Go check yes. my notable teams list on Reddit. This is this is speculation. This is just these based teams, on what we know. Yeah, these are the teams that I've seen really good results for. Just have a yeah. really good feeling. It's not meant to be, you know, dissing to any of the other teams. I definitely expect this to be a bloodbath. But thing, thing we always I say: think... prove us wrong, please. If yeah, if prove you're us not wrong. on this. <laughs> come in and get in the qualifying match and be a team that's been dominant the whole way through. And it's like, we'll notice it's hard not yeah. to. I think my four are, are proven uh, contenders that have either been in the RLCS or have been very close for a long time. Yeah. I certainly think there's a lot of upstarts that could surprise me, but like DMR just said, splice it's time. That's one of my top teams for this one around. Uh, Karma has been a part of the RLCS. She made it in season two with Vendetta. Mm -hmm. She was a sub. She got a starting role, had one of the worst opportunities as a starting role. She had to play against NRG. Like, good God, could you have made it any worse for the for the poor girl? Uh, so, you know, tough route for her, but, you know, she's an incredible player. She's been around a long time. Dude with a nose, uh, you know, came in last season as a sub with NRG. Uh, played in uh, Bris Summer Series. Yeah, DreamHack played in Bris Summer Series and helped them win. Uh, killed it in DreamHack. Uh, you know, has been around as one of my favorite players to watch. Just one of the funniest guys in the community. Uh, great personality, great sense of humor. And then you got Jay Wismont coming from Incognito last season, who uh, you know didn't do as well as they probably would have liked to. But uh, Jay Wismont was probably the star there. So those three teaming up together—that's a nuts team. I can't wait to see what they can do. And I think in addition to them, we're going to see the dudes. We're going to see Space Station Gaming with Overzero, Espeon, and Lemon Puppy, and we're going to see Genesis with Pluto, Rapid, and Roll Diz. I think those are my four teams to make it into the Rival Series. It's good choices. Good choices. Um, for me, you have to give honorable mention to Lights Out and Loaf Bread Sports. Uh, I've been watching yep. those guys play in tournaments. Kudarani Swami has been a player that's been on the on the cusp a couple times. Uh, Kepford is a solid player. AJ is an up-and-coming, in my opinion, too. AJ is a phenomenal player. Um, but a lot of those guys have been trading games and tournaments and been very close, winning out a lot of the community tournaments with pretty dominating fashion, but it's usually those two that are fighting it out. Uh, to me, Splice is easily the most talented behind behind Space Station. Uh, I just think that they're more um, 
they've been consistent in their play. You know, they didn't take any large breaks. A lot of them have been grinding ever since. While Space Station, uh, from everything I've heard, over zero has actually been the best performing on the team so far. Um, Espeon, I think, just needs to get into a groove again because it's been a long time since he played seriously because he's been doing stuff with Facebook for his internship and everything. And I just played with Lemon Puppy every day, and the best thing about Lemon Puppy is he will make you giggle no matter what because the guy's an idiot. I love Lemon Puppy to death, but he's a, he's a goofball. He's so stupid, and it's fantastic. <laughs> he's literally like if you gave a puppy a lemon and let him like react to it. It's fantastic. He He's uplifting to any team, and I think that's a lot of what that team needs is just positive environment, have some fun, make some plays. Um, but there's no denying how much talent is on Space Station Gaming. Like, that's right. that's a lot of talent on a team, even if they haven't been playing together much. And it's only going to get better. Uh, the dudes have surprised a lot of people. They have a play style that's easily challenged once you know what they're trying to do. Um, but it may be enough to carry them through open qualifiers um, because there still is a ton of talent on the team, and you're looking for basically four spots. Um, Analog has some talented players, but I just haven't seen any results, and I don't know if they have the talent to make it into that next level against teams like Splice, Genesis, Space Station, etc. Um, I love Pluto to death, but I think he really needs to step it up. He hasn't really done anything to impress me as a player in a very long time. Um, and I say that out of love because in reality, I just, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's just because he hasn't been playing much. He's not practicing. He's not improving on certain things, but I just haven't seen him as a player really step it up. And maybe being on a brand new team will do that. I don't know. Maybe it'll motivate him into something, but um, I agree with you there. I think Genesis is going to be a hit or miss. I think they'll either make it or they won't. Like it'll be pretty convincing if they do or don't too. So we'll see. Um, on for Europe, I'll start with Europe. Um, you have to give credit to the new method squad, Shakram Burrito and Rick's Ronde, solid squad. Um, I think Copenhagen Flags is a team that Copenhagen Flags gets looked over, but also really talented. Um, the wholesome homies now hashtag united with data doomsday and flarky could we see the return of doomsday in competitive play who knows um there's a lot of teams you put here man why does uh moy men <laughs> yeah I, I put a lot of teams because there are a lot of these teams have traded games with each other and they've right. beaten rlcs teams so and shout out to wrongly woody uh and mr little thor and yeah. shadow jay they've collected a ton of results uh, Sly is another one. They've collected a ton of results and have helped tremendously as we try to seed the RLCS. Uh, having that data to go off of makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, Mike Rules is back, like we mentioned. Yes. That's my, oh man, that's my secret like desire. I want to see them make it. I don't know if they will. I don't, I don't even know. Vogan is back. Yeah, Vogan's got a team. Without he's a got sub a sub still? this time too. Oh, he does? No, he he's does. got a sub. He's okay. got a sub. It's Good. the uh, the Liquipedia squad. They unfortunately they played in qualifier one and just missed out in qualifying for the play-in. Okay. Now well, we get another shot. Yeah, but I think for me, trying to limit this to four teams is God, it's so tough. I think. I mean, yeah, even method. look at like look at Overdrive, Polypol, Kiliak, and Seeks, like all yeah. players that we've seen play at that level. Paul, right. if you guys don't know, used to play with Mike uh, for that last qualifier. So I think um, if I go based off of more recent uh so like last season um and and like the off season since then i think method has to be my number one with right. chacaron burrito and rick's ronde right, right i think team wlf with money talk 
has been turning a lot of heads um, and they've, they've proven themselves in some really pretty incredible situations. So I think they've got to be one that I'm considering. Um, I think a Lubinar with Ocelon, Petrick, and Shakuni. So right. Petrick was a sub last season. Uh, Ocelon, um, you know. You just saw him in once. You just saw him in 12, tw- yeah, 12 yeah. Titans, but he also played last season for Inspiration with Seven Amanladi. Shakuni playing with uh, ELMP um, and, and Polly Paul over on Supersonic Avengers. Like, that's a pretty stacked squad, I think. Yeah. And then uh, No Idea. Ghostfire, Dadu, Cassio, and Unknown. Dadu and Ghostfire both being a part of the RLRS last season. Dude, can you imagine if Dadu came back? Yeah, I mean, he was part of it last season. So, I mean, you got to think that he's you know, he's been there before. He knows what it takes. Hmm. You got to give some credit there. Um, quick shout-outs, though, to Taxi Bill with Didris, Freeze, and Waffle. Zebra Nose with Mount, Nexo, and Zensis. And Where's Wanlu with Wolves on the Moon, uh, Sniper, think... Control. I mean, you look at that Zebra Nose team, and you have to put them high. They're pretty nuts. Like, Karat yeah. Power might be their sub. What? <laughs> that guy's yeah. nuts. How is he a sub? How did I let those guys sneak by? Zebra Nose, to yeah. me, is, Zebra easy, Nose like, is pretty one of the crazy. six that you have to talk about. Yeah. And we haven't even touched Moy Men, right? Like, yeah. Or Triple S with Stewie. And... I, I still, oh, I still find it baffling that Krazak hasn't been playing at that top level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, I, mean, I can't really. Unfortunately, I can't really talk about a lot of stuff. But man, that guy yeah. has—he's been in. So I've heard a lot of rumors and conversations about top esport orgs that were coming into the scene, and him being a part or expected to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of that was actually true, but man, if any of those had actually panned out, we would have seen some really crazy orgs, and yeah. they, they could have been some really interesting teams. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I, I hope that. Uh, I don't know. I hope that those guys do well. Who knows, man? I don't know. EU still has depths of yeah, insane talent. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any that I really want to pay attention to on EU other than... It's also a Nordavind. Uh, Jay yeah. Walls, I know, is in the chat. Uh, Etrix and, and like, Reganom as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nordavind played in the uh, this last weekend's qualifier, did really well, made it, I think, straight through. So they'll be in the play-in. Of course, the... Uh, I mean, you got like, Pleb, 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 Pleb City. City. Yep. Uh, Gorlap, who used to play with Kaunos um, uh, uh, as a buddy of... Um, he plays... What's his face? Um, streamer. Uh, Denzizel. Uh, yeah, Denzizel. Plays uh, Fortnite now. Yeah. He's, he's actually really good. If you guys don't watch Denzizel's Fortnite stream, he's pretty solid. Uh, GMS, Grandmaster Sexy. This is an OG as well. Old Penta... That yeah, there's some teams that could really surprise you. Um, with my boys is another one that's that's like they don't really have any names you might really recognize, but they've had really good results. Uh, it's D7, Fake Owl, and Pugsy. Um, they they played really close with Team Secret. They played close with Excel. Um, they've beaten Endpoint. They they basically went even with WLF. They've beaten Nordavins. They've beaten Pregnant Boys, which is one of the silliest names out there. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to uh, Crow, the the Rocket League rapper. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oof. The European RLRS is going to be absolutely nuts, and the play in itself is going to be nuts as well. I, I kind of wish that the play in was a league in and of itself, just so we could just watch all of that take place over multiple weeks. Yeah, I think it's I would just love, be over way too fast. I would love for these guys to have like a 
like a ladder system that they could play over the course of the RLRS or RLCS season, and whoever won out of all that, so like you just keep playing and playing and playing, and whoever was in the like top four, like got buys into the next or something like that. I it's kind of like cool. uh, what Gfinity's doing with their elite series. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be cool stuff. That's the only. That's the one thing I don't like about the play-in. Um, mm -hmm. This is something that I've pushed to change in the past, but I can understand why you know Psyonix likes it because there's you know having something on the line where most of the teams are not going to make it. Everybody tunes in. Right? It's exciting. But from a fairness standpoint, I mean, we've all seen the Iris situation. You could be phenomenal for months and months on end and just fall apart the one day it matters and now you're out for the next four to six months and that sucks right. it really rough. does so i don't know i hope in the future we move to a system that has um that that doesn't put so much pressure on a single day and and rewards teams for success over time i know that from a viewership standpoint that'll probably take a hit but i think it's okay because you get the you know you get that from the playoffs and you get that from the world championship already i don't think you need it to get in i think you want your best teams to be a part of league play that way you guarantee the best action is happening there and then from there you just see what happens yeah show up show up when it matters it's so much pressure but it's kind of how it works right like you don't have a choice It'll be interesting to see what happens this season um, from top to bottom. Yeah. But it just makes me excited for the future, you know, just moving forward. You got uh, you got a lot of teams that are trying to prove a point and finally start some, some, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, dynasties again. You know, teams that are going to stick around for a long time with a solid roster and, and start building rivalries, you know. I want the CLG versus TSM matches to happen. I want it. And you're starting to get that with like Cloud9 and G2 and Cloud9 and uh, Energy and stuff. Um, but that's what excites me. I want more and more history to happen. And uh, this is a great start. It's going to be the first season that we keep the format the exact same. Uh, I'm curious to see where it leads to. You know, there's always going to be little tweaks here and there. But for the, the system itself to stay in place is uh, an exciting thing. I think it's uh, uh, been a long time coming, to say the least. But that, I think, is going to do it for us, man. Uh, it's been two hours on the nose. I'm going to turn on some music, though. Cloud, what are you up to? Uh, well, doing a little bit of everything. Um, still working at Twitch in the esports department. Um, working on some projects that hopefully we'll be able to announce soon. That's really exciting. Um, still active in the community. Reached out to Sonics and volunteered to help moderate the RLCS. Um, recently started up the Rocket League Esports subreddit uh, with the RLUS team. Um, playing in ML doubles for the Puffins. So, yeah, just a little bit of everything. Yeah, how's it been, man? Uh, I mean, MLD is something that I keep getting not able to play in. I never thought I would be I too it. good to play in something, which is depressing, <laughs> but I really wanted to play, man. Like, I wanted yeah. the ability to play on a regular basis again. In, it's like, super fun. It's given me a reason to keep playing and to get better. Um, I've gone from being kind of a perennial, sort of like gold level player to being like diamond and pushing up to high diamond now. So who knows? One day I might actually be a champ. <laughs> It'd be nice. But uh, yeah, it's really fun. I enjoy it. Nice. 
Question for Cloudfield. You mentioned you had some behind-the-scenes gossip on RL Esports Reddit today. Can you share? Uh, I cannot. I have a ton of gossip, but no. Uh, it's part of what I do, man. I, I advise people, and so I get to hear all sorts of juicy things, but I've got to keep it to myself. There's a lot of cool stuff coming for you guys. That's all you need to know. Be excited. Right. Be happy about the, the system that's in place and uh, what's to come. How about something like CRL where you have your qualifiers for league play and then you have an open ladder for wildcards part? That's how OSU yes. got in the grand Love it. That's cool. Love it. I had Thanks. actually suggested that before. I'm um, trying to have some sort of last chance qualifier. I think it'd be really exciting. Yeah. Uh, they obviously wouldn't get like a top seed or anything, but it'd be cool. Well, you're making it to league play. So like, yeah. it doesn't really matter what your seed is. You just want to get in. I think oh, that's better talking, than- Yeah, qualifiers for league play, got it. Wrong. Yeah, because I mean, with you have something called bracket luck. Like you're in a certain spot in the bracket, and regardless of where you place, there's only certain places you're going to fall, which means there's only certain teams you're going to play against. And that's when you're trying to find the best teams. I don't think it's really the best indication of, of where teams belong when you're kind of stuck at a certain bracket spot. Mm -hmm. uh, post the full VOD of the subreddit with large permission. I just typed it in the chat. Don't worry about posting the VOD, man. I'll export it with a YouTube video so it's edited and, and clipped correctly. And then I'll, I'll put that out. So if anybody does want to watch this, it will be on the subreddit uh, within the week here. Uh, what city would you selfishly want the next land to be in? Austin. Austin, Texas. I Not the next land. On it, man. I want this land to be in Europe because Europe yep. deserves that. And it should be in Europe. So, but, and, I, and I might try to make it out to it. I'll, I'll save some money up for that. But I want the next one. I want it in Austin, Texas. So, so selfishly, I want it to be in like Australia. And they'd be super cool. I just want to go. I just want to go to Australia. Sydney right? Opera House. Yeah. Oh man. Like Sydney Opera House or something like that. That would be insane, right? That'd be nuts. Yeah. Um. So that would be super cool. But we talked. Uh, we talked in previous seasons about having it in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, Berlin would make a lot of sense. London we talked would be about cool. having it in London. Yep. Uh, we um, talked about there's a place. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember where it's at now. There, I can't remember if it was in Germany or not, but there was a place, and it's um, it's a famous racing track. It's not Nurburgring, but it's something like that. And um, they actually have, uh, so they have the track, but then they have like a venue in the middle of the track. Oh, and we so were gonna, cool. we thought about having something there. That'd um, be so there's, cool. there's a lot of really like if you ever look into the venues across the world, there are some insane venues out there. So I really hope Psyonix gets uh, you know a really good one. For that'd be su seasons. that'd be super cool. Um, other selfish things, I wouldn't mind one at Lambeau Field. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be badass. I wanted to see like stadiums and stuff. Like that'd be or something that'd like be cool uh, for me. like at a Manchester United game or something. Yeah, like in yeah, the middle yeah. of the field. That'd be so that's cool. Sick. Something like that would be just like, it's totally out of the question right now, but it'd be awesome to see yeah. the future. And then for like selfish for travel purposes, yeah, somewhere in Green Bay would be cool, or even like Chicago. I think Chicago could do something. Chicago would really cool. be really good. Yeah. We've looked there before. It's so a lot of places. Finding a venue out here is difficult. US. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that obviously go into finding venues, but, um, you know, venues that are on the East Coast and up north, um, a lot of them have unions, which drive up the cost significantly and make it really difficult to get in. Mm -hmm. uh, they also get booked up really early. So you've got to get in like a year or two in advance or you got to right. know somebody. So it makes it really tough. But Chicago, I think, makes a lot of sense. It's very, you know, it's obviously central. Um, it would allow for a lot of uh, people to be able to make it. I think Canada would be a really cool one as well. Toronto would be cool, like Toronto, yep. Ontario. Yeah. Yep. That'd be cool. And Leaf would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what do you think the biggest difference is between RLRS players or close to RLS players? 
to RLCS players. Consistency. Number one is the lack of mistakes, and that, like uh, Claude just said, it has to do with consistency. Um, a lot of it just has to do with knowing where to be without thinking about it. I feel like there's a lot of players that get lost when gameplay starts to pick up, where they're just not in the right position, and they then categorically make a mistake afterwards, and it's just like a domino effect. Um, as well as just the small things. Boost management, the way they make their touches, how accurate certain things are. It's just the little things just get heightened that much more, and they don't make those mistakes when they do it. It's nuts. I mean, think about yeah. what goes into an infield pass play, right? Guy traps the ball or whatever, booms that to his teammate right on the money, who hits him in pace, who then can boom that back across the field, also in pace with the perfect touch and speed, and then he can put that in the back of the net. Those crisp little things, you have to be in the right spot. You have to make sure you're moving at the right rate. You have to make sure you see the player and where he's at. You make sure you have to not touch it the wrong way. Like, there's so many little factors that go into it. I mean, that's why we all watch Rocket League, right? Screw FIFA. Like, <laughs> I can just I can just hit three buttons and I just did that. But in Rocket League, it's like the amount of things that go into it to make it. That's why it's the beautiful game, right? So. Um, yeah, I think a big part of it, too, is... Uh, the RLRS players don't often get to play against RLCS players mm -hmm. and playing against better competition begets better skill and as we've seen anytime a team comes in and plays against top teams they get better so it's it's one of those kind of like paradigms where you know as an RLRS team you're playing against R other RLRS teams and you're getting better but you don't have the ability to play against the RLCS teams right. so um, you know that's one of the reasons why this RLCS RLRS system is so good having the ability to break in, be become a part of it, and see where you go from there. My segment is showing. Awesome to see. Uh, what's up, colors? Great place to find tournaments. Anytime I want to find a tournament, I go to Google, and I literally type Rocket League Events Calendar. Everything you need to know is right there. Also, it shows on the right side of the subreddit, on the main subreddit. Also recommend go to SmashGG or send me a DM. Yep. I'll hook you up with all the tournaments I know about. Um, Cloudfield, standard maps or non-standard maps? Non-standard maps, all day. Good boy. I'm not even going to contest or say anything else. Just no, I will, say, well, I, will, I will say one thing. I think that the way that Cyanix went about introducing non-standard maps was not ideal. Mm -hmm. I think that Wasteland and, and Neo-Tokyo were not optimized at first, which certainly didn't help. Having standard maps be such a norm for so long before introducing the non-standard maps and introducing them in such a way that they were forced upon people made it really difficult for them to be an enjoyable experience but that being said i think i would love to see them reverse their opinion on non-standard maps in the future i would love to see them include pros and notable figures in the community who can advise them and make sure that good maps are being made and i would love to see non-standard maps like cuxer and, and lawler and jorby have mentioned in the past that are just slightly non-standard just a little bit wider, a little bit longer, a little bit taller. So it, it lends itself to different elements of play, but not completely changing everything you're used to. My ideal situation is that Sinex implements a focus group with respected people in the community, whether it be commentators, coaches, players, you name it. They sit yeah. down and once a month or once every couple of months or once a quarter, they play test, they see what's coming out, they make sure they work out the quirks and, and really stress test it and see what's going on with it and give feedback, why it won't work, why it does work, stuff like that. I think it'd be also, cool. can we please get a test server? Please. Give us a test server. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, 
In ROS, if you do well in the first qualifier, you play well, you get a better seat for the next one you play. Uh, so so you, the way if, it works, yeah. the way it works is that uh, seating is based off of your results. So if um, you know if you play teams in the first um, qualifier and then you play again in the third qualifier, by the time we get to the third qualifier, we have more data on you to be able to seed you more accurately. So you know if you make it through the top, you're probably beating teams that you know help boost your your seed up a little bit. If you're losing to top teams, it's probably going to knock you down a little bit. Best thing you could do, play in tournaments. Do well. Get as much data as possible, because the more we have to guess, the more likely we are to just randomize you. If we have 20 teams that were like, yeah, they're all about the same. We don't really know where to put them. Guess what? All 20 of you are going to get a random seed. Were you, uh, so, Field, were, you here for the, were you here for the Beachland conversation I had? Uh, no, I don't. I don't so, think so. so we were like talking about playing volleyball mode because I had a volleyball video just come out oh, with like yeah. John Salmon and those, and we were just bullshitting and be like, "Yo, beach land!" So it's a land on the beach. Yes. And we yeah. and we, we ride in on a yacht, and then <laughs> and then there's like a big giant screen. And everybody chills in the sand and on towels and stuff and hangs out and like. Love it. There's like tiki huts and like it was so funny. Like we just went over the top. Yes, and, like, had uh, and, a and you and you and each ago. ticket is ten thousand dollars because it's the oh, only way God. we're affording it. Like right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd love that. About, that'd, be that'd be really, really, cool. really exciting. Um, cruise ship land would be super cool. Yep. The Rocket League Cruise. Yeah. Um, do you think high-level players from Xbox can make an RLRS soon? No. Uh, I unless, disagree. Unless, unless they switch over to... Yeah. There are some guys that have uh, normal times. Leftical, I believe, mm -hmm. are both from Xbox. And they're uh, a top contender for a rival series spot. So I don't think they'll make it... Like, I don't think they'll make it from Xbox. They do have to switch. But I think yeah. you can start on Xbox and move over and be successful. Your best bet is, and I know it's an investment, but get a PC. Start playing on PC like everybody else does. Uh, and make yourself more susceptible to where the largest and most talented player base is, because that's where all the pros and stuff play. And if you show that you can climb the ranks and do it there, yeah, I mean, by all means, you definitely got a chance. Um, but I highly recommend getting off the Xbox platform and going to PC. I really do. Um, I'm also super biased. Um, Cloudfield, how much do slash did you support players on things like professionalism, social media, personal support, organizations, etc.? Uh, oh, all I, the time. All, I mean, that's literally what is, is I, th I feel like it's an unasked part of the job. I mean, because I think everybody. Well, I mean, before before I joined with Twitch, I was already doing that just because I wanted the scene to grow and I wanted them to have the most opportunities for them. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a 30 something year old. Uh, you know, I've been around the workforce for a while, married, have two kids. So, you know, I, I know I know how to put yourself in the best position. And I wanted to impart those things on a lot of these younger kids from a very early on stage. Mm -hmm. But then when joining with Twitch, like that was a big part of it. It's like we want to help grow this scene. We want to help grow these players, turn them into superstars. And to do that, you know, they've got to be professional. They've got to embrace building your brand, as Lawler has so lovingly pointed out several times. Uh, you know, you've got to have everything, you know, it's playing at a high level is not enough. You've got to have everything going on behind the scenes just right in order to attract the biggest organizations. So that way you could turn yourself into the next whoever. So it's one of those situations where the reason we do it is because we, we want it to be successful and we love it. You know, we, we truly and genuinely just love what Rocket League is and what the eSport is. And even though I have no legal background, I have no business degree, I have none of that stuff, people still come and reach out to us because it's a, it's a perspective that they may not have or it's something that 
it may provide a different angle of what they're going about. You know, I just had a team reach out to me and ask for legal help. You know, they're like, do you know people that I can contact? What do you think? Is this a good idea? And it's like, legally, I, I can't tell you what to do, what not to do. But these are the things that you should pay attention to. You know, make sure that these kind of clauses are involved. You know, make sure that this stuff is in the contract. Make sure that you're taken care of, like all these kind of things. And it's like, yep. we're doing it because we care, not because it was ever asked of us or, you know, what have you. It's just, we want people to be successful. We, we genuinely care for these people. The Rocket League Pro scene to me is a family. You know, these guys I spend more time with than anybody else right now because I'm a loser and I sit at home play video games all day. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but no, I mean, it's one of those things, professionalism and all that kind of stuff is just simply because we want them to be successful. And uh, I will continue to help with that until my last breath. I mean, in all reality, it's, I, I just want to see these kids succeed. I really do. Yep, same. Chance for 5 forward mode on a bigger field. Yes. Um, Love there's, it. There's actually a, a player who is currently modding Stadium for us. Um, the OG Sart BC map. And I'm told him to make it super big and so I can put a bunch of people on it. So, yeah, yes. Interestingly enough, uh, the so when Rocket League first came out back in July of 2015, uh, it was coming out in, in like waves. Um, and so New Zealand was going to be the first one to get it. So a bunch of us bought New Zealand editions Mm -hmm. Or actually, the game was free, so a bunch of us like created fake New Zealand accounts to be able to get the game early and be able to play it. And that's just how dedicated we were, right. and we we're all scared that we were going to get banned for doing so. Funny enough, we started playing, and somebody was streaming, and we somehow—I don't know how we did this—but we somehow managed to get a five v five on the first night. And I remember Dave was in the stream, just like, "What? How is this happening?" Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you definitely need a bigger field because we were playing on like Beckwith Night, and it was. Man, there was too many people. Um, the day where we need non-standard maps and teams picking maps, bands, etc., will come, and I look forward to it. That is what I Amen. like to hear, Tylacto. That is what I like to hear. As we an try analyst, to do that. oh my god, we tried to do that with Rocket Ooh. Royale back in the day, um, where we had teams like picking and banning, and it made a little bit more sense back then because we had the um, the non-standard maps as well as like the Rocket Lab maps in. So mm -hmm. like Cosmic was really fun to see, but without without pushing it at a like a competitive level you know it's never really gonna until the pros start doing it nobody else is really gonna take up doing it or until you you do something where you really incentivize people to compete in the rocket labs playlist like why psionics doesn't have it to where you know hey if you play in the rocket labs playlist uh you increase your level uh you increase your ability of getting drops by 10 percent. like people would play in it or mm -hmm. or do something to incentivize them to be a part of it until that happens, I don't think that's going to be the case, but I'm right there with Salacto. I want to see non-setter maps. I want to see pick bans, uh, map, you know, picking and map bans. I want I want more strategy to be involved in the future. We're already a... seeing a point where the field is like, you could backflip twice and essentially recover from any mistake you've made. I want to mm -hmm. see teams get punished for being out of position and not right. just, oh, well, I, I shot at the goal, but he was able to backflip and save it. So, you know, you've got to have the most perfect shot ever to score it. I want to be able to see more passing plays and not get broken up just because somebody cuts in between. I want to be able to see all that strategy involved in it. And the only way that's going to happen is if you have more non-standard maps or maybe create a new standard. Like what, what made this the standard? Obviously, you know, that they went with whatever data they had in SARP, but what if a bigger map is better? What if a slightly longer map is better? 
Like, let's let's test those things out. We're never gonna know unless we give it a shot. Uh, I just posted a link in chat about non-center map talk. I uh, DM'd Cookser for quite a bit and try to get his perspective on it and stuff. There's a lot of things that I talk about in that video uh, in regards to it. There's a lot of things I think missing. One of the biggest things is like uh, the fact that it was treated as non-standard and standard at the beginning. They should have been synonymous and one thing. Uh, it's just difficult to ask people to play on non-standard maps when you get them one out of every 10 matches and then all that time is wasted because they're practicing on the other ones and like there's a lot of things that they're implemented in the wrong way and we all agree with that but um, as an analyst, just the perspective of being able to say, okay, this team is really good at dribbling or whatever, and this map is good for people who dribble. Okay, are they going to ban it? What's going to happen? Like, this map has this. And just giving us another element to talk about, because in every other esport, like League of Legends, you got champions. In uh, Counter-Strike, you've got weapons, and you also have, like, eco rounds and the monetary thing that comes in. Like, there's a lot of different elements, and Rocket League doesn't really have that. It's pretty consistent all the way around. Cars were, could have possibly been that, but all the cars have been kind of similarized, so... Um, I think eventually we will get to the point where we need something different, and I honestly think maps could be that thing, because why not? I mean, I think it's something that's going to change it up. I think we're going to need a larger map. I mean, like Cloud just said, I mean, you can clear it from one side of the field with ease, and you can pretty much recover at anywhere on the point with two flips, or with a half flip and then a recovery and, and a wave dash or what have you. So um, in order for this game to keep keep. Uh, progressing you're going to need some sort of changes in time and i think maps are a good place to start i really do i don't think non-standard maps need to be these crazy wacky things but something subtle where it's a little bit wider maybe it's a little bit taller a little bit longer you know but these things need to be play tested before they're implemented i think that was the biggest mistake that sonics made is they just took a map that they thought was cool and they're like yep it's in competitive it's in the rlcs now it needs to be play tested on a test server or something to that extent or put into a beta let people play it on the beta like they're doing with the tournament beta right now. Yep. Change it a little bit, bring it back, beta test it again, take it out, and keep tweaking it until it's okay. I think that I would think be I think that's what they fantastic. were trying to do with Rocket Labs, but I think yeah. the problem there was it was just not incentivized enough. Right. Like there was, you play it and then what? You gotta go to Reddit to talk about it? No, I wanna talk about it in the game. Yep. Give me an option to be able to upvote it, downvote it, leave some comments, mm -hmm. five star it, talk about different things. You know, give me. Give me some sort of form that I can fill out right there in the game. Make it easy, because while I might do it, I'm a hardcore person when it comes to esports, so I'm willing to do that. The majority of people are not. You've got to cater it to them. Yeah, I think it's I think it's something that um, could be really well done. I I think one of the biggest mistakes we have is that the workshop maps aren't able to be played with all your friends. I think if you could play the workshop maps um, in a client and have the ability to upvote them, downvote them, give them ratings and all that kind of stuff. You're going to see uh, the incentive for a a person who makes modded maps um, to keep updating it, keep making sure it's better, other than just the pure kindness of when to do it because it's fun. Uh, you know, if Sonics decides to part with some of those guys and, you know, refresh the map and, and release it as an official thing after they take the rights to it, you know, they pay these guys you know, a certain amount to, for their time and say, yo, thank you. We appreciate the idea. Like, this is great. We're going to make sure it's, you know, cleaned up and freshened up and made pristine and then we'll release it officially. You know, here's some money. Appreciate it. Those guys are not yeah, going to want to keep fantastic. making, these guys are going to want to keep making more maps and it's going to just keep breeding new yep. content over and over and over again. I think it's what CS and Dota and all those other big games do and it's yeah. been very successful. Yeah. It's, I mean, Warcraft 3 is a game that's been out for 17 years. It's, it's older than some pros that play this game right now. And I still play the game because the custom game modes in that in that game are, are fantastic, like sheep tag and tower defenses and you name it. Like it's a, it's an absolute blast. But that game's literally been on for seventeen years. For the for that same concept. So 
I think if we find a way to implement that or do something with it, I think it could really make the casuals really, really happy. It makes people like me really happy because it gives me someone else to do on stream or for content or what have you. Uh, plus, it's just fun. It's super fun playing volleyball mode. Like, even though everybody's like, yeah, drop shot is what volleyball mode came to be, I still enjoy playing beach volleyball mode with John Sam and the boys because it's, it's just something different and it's fun. Um, speaking of which, there's a new modded map coming out. It's actually a racetrack. It's badass. Get ready for it, guys. It looks sick. Um, next. I want to touch on this. This wasn't a question, but it was a point made. Um, I disagree with the idea of having the bottom RLCS team automatically replaced by the top RLRS team. Um, just because the RLCS team is not able to stand up to the rest of the RLCS teams does not mean that the RLRS team is better than them. I think right. they need to Agreed. be. They need to have an opportunity to prove it. There I could think, be a gap there. I think it's totally wrong. I think you've proven yourself in the RLCS. You obviously, even though you may have lost or you know gone like one in six or what have you, you're still showing that you can compete against those guys. And the other guys, in my opinion, do not deserve to just be given that spot. They need to earn it just like everybody else. And the best way to do that is by proving it over a double elimination. I, I think it makes perfect sense. I don't think you should just gift it to them. They got to earn it. You should also give the people there as a respect thing the chance to prove that they belong there still, you know. Um, but to just give it automatically replaced, I highly disagree with that. I think it's so wrong. Um, Do you see all-star teams or games happening in the near future for RLCS? I'd love to see that happen. Yes, Squirrel um, Dude, because you're the one starting them. I would love to see that happen. Uh, it, we did some stuff for that back in RLCPL. Um, yeah. Some of them were good, some of them not so good. There's a lot more options now, um, and being able to have that sort of stuff in a live element like we have with Gold Rush, mm -hmm. like that's something I wish Gold Rush would do more of is, you know, hey, we have the Dribble Challenge. Hey, we have these custom modded maps. Do some fun stuff that we never really get to see. Uh, you know, take some of the silly game modes that you see like Shogun come up with. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really fun, and it's a way to make the experience that much better, um, you know, especially if they do some stuff at the RLCS where it's like not on stream. It's like Show you got to be there to see it. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yep. If you, if we could take the so the difficulty of that is like say we do the RLCS LAN, and instead of it only being three days, we make it four or five days. It's more venue cost and all that kind of stuff. But if it is possible in the future, it'd be cool. You know, you come out early, you can hang out at a LAN, you can play games against people. There's community players there. Like you could do some really cool stuff with it. Kind of like think like a convention does it, yeah. but you do some really cool stuff if it's done right. Um, but yeah, I mean it's one of those things. If you want to see it, be the one to do it, man. That's how most of the stuff got started in the first place. Be ambitious about it. Ask people like Cloudfield and myself to help out. You know, we'll do we'll punch you in the right direction. It's some good ways to do it. Uh, this community is very generous. Like Athena is doing her twelve toxic or whatever tournament. She raised fifteen or like a thousand dollars in like forty minutes for the prize pool from the community. You guys are really generous. There's ways to make it happen. Um Do you think there will ever be a PS4 RRLS team? Uh, the team Momentum. Momentum. Momentum was a team that was dominant. Uh, they were all PS4 players. It's actually where JNAPS came from. Yep. Um, Squishy as well. Justin as well. Yep. A lot of really talented players. all the pros. Yeah. Kind of came from that area. It's just most have progressed over to, to PC just because it's the main platform. But yeah. not saying it's not possible. Uh, it, it's happened in before, before all RS was even a thing. Technically, they're just going to be that much more impressive once they do get to PC. Yep. Um, 
one thing I was wondering about was how far does, do people have to get an RLS play-ins or even further than that to get an RLS challenger title? Uh, You've got to make the RLS. Yeah. So once you make the RLS, there's the elite, there's the challenger, there's all those kind of things. Uh, challenger means that you competed in the RLS uh, as part of the season. Elite means you were like top four, I think. And then I don't know if anything happens after that because there's no like LAN or anything like that. But yeah, you have to make it. You have to be one of those eight to get a title for the RLRS. Um, I'm assuming players report their salaries to you so you can ensure wage parity, etc. Just interesting to know the inner workings behind the scenes. Would who do you say is the most professional player you have come across and why? Um, so wages? yes, I, I do talk to players about salaries and wages and contracts. I've been doing that since day one uh, because I wanted to make sure that players were taken care of and not getting screwed over by scummy organizations that had devious interests. Um, so since then to now, I, I've always looked out for the players. I feel like, you know, in a way they're kind of like my children. Um, I want the best for them. So yeah, I, I definitely talk to players on a regular basis about that. Um, I try to make sure that they're getting what's fair. Um, and I always kind of approach it from like a average market sense. I mean, obviously some teams are better than others. Obviously some teams have people that are bigger um, content creators and are more popular. So those things, you know, can kind of sway things one way or another. But I try to look at the average and I try to make sure that you're at least close to the average. You know, if the average is $4,000 per month per player and you've got a team making 1500 that's ridiculous. There's no reason that should be happening. So. I try to do what I can to help the players, but I also try to make sure that organizations are understanding of what uh, what the scene looks like right now. So I talk to a lot of orgs, um, and I give them a ton of information about all the players that they ask for. If they ask me for like, hey, who should I be watching? I give them all the teams that are relevant, probably more than they need, yeah. and then kind of send them on their way. As far as who's the most professional player I've come across and why, um, there's a lot of them. Um, Kronovi for sure is one. Uh, he's somebody that I've always, you know, for the early days of talking to him back before I created Rocket League Central, you know, he was a guy that had a vision for this game that wanted it to be a big esport and has done everything in his power to help make it become one. So, Mystic, Turtle. Yeah, Fireburner has been great. Um, But even some of the guys that come across as like somewhat divisive on on, Twitter, like Remco, you know, he, he's tweeted some stuff out there before that have kind of caught him in fire. Um, you know, he comes from a place of wanting better for the community and wanting better for himself and for his fellow pros. So, I mean, a lot of these guys, for the most part, are extremely professional. Um, I've never had any bad experiences with, with pretty much any of them. They've all been uh, very professional when I speak with them. Yeah, they're... Uh... Their intentions are in the right place. It's just they're very emotional about certain things, and that's why it may come across in the in poor light or in a selfish way. I mean, we talk about it way too much. The whole build your brand thing is me just saying, like, the reason why you can't have auto-qualifying teams is because there's no system in place for it to exist. And all of the players took it as a personal attack about salary and monetary and all this other kind of stuff, even though it wasn't the point at all. Um, and for the ones that had a level head and were able to understand, pe- people like Doomsday and Garrett and Fireburner and stuff like that had a legitimate conversation. We're like, yeah, totally agree with your point. What kind of stuff would you like to see as a system? And talked about it and stuff. And, and that was the end of the conversation. You know, it was very respectful and all that kind of stuff. It's just some things get said because they're very passionate, they think, and are not seeing the picture that we're talking about because they're focused on 
well, I need to be taken care of and all that kind of stuff. It's it's personal interest. So, um, at the end of the day, like all those guys are still really good friends. They, you know, some of the ones that have lashed out have apologized and been like, I totally misunderstood like what, what was being talked about. I know you care for us. It's like, I mean, I understand that you're 15, 16. I don't expect you, I don't expect you to understand the business side of how this all works or what really goes into it. You know, because when I was yeah. 15, 16, all I cared about was getting a girl's number and playing video games you know like making sure i could it's a lot of responsibility put on these kids and it's a lot of it came really fast fast. i mean you think about where we were in 2015 two years ago Mm -hmm. and where we are now it's like man we dreamed of the day that e-league would be around and that we might have salaries for players and now it's like everybody's got one it seems like and you've got to know what you're supposed to do and it's it's a lot of pressure and it's tough for for kids of that age um, I'm trying to catch up through these because we're getting through. Tordad, hey, Club No, hey, Tordad, how you doing, man? Um, we're way past the time because that's what we do here. Um, I'm just making sure I'm just going through these to get any any like super good questions at the end. Um, Uh, Squirrel Dude mentioned a point of uh, not liking the fact that you could pick something like Urban Central four or five different times because there are different color palettes. Something I had suggested was taking um, the style, so like Urban, and having the variations. So basically you can pick one and then you get a random version of that map. So it's like, I want Urban, I want DFH, I want Manfield, I want um, Champions Field, and you get a variation of one of those, but you can't have like... DFH and all the different variations count as separate maps. Like you, you get that variation. Any of those variations count as like one of that map, and that's all you get. I think that would make things more interesting. Because I do agree when watching some of these tournaments and having, you know, the three or four different variations of DFH. It's like, all right, we get it. We've seen it. <laughs> Let's move to something else. Good stuff all around, guys. I was supposed to cut you off 21 minutes ago. But that's how we do it here, I guess. Um, Appreciate you guys all stopping by, like I said.